District for January 24, uh, 2023 is now called to order. Roll call vote, please. Uh, good evening. I'm here. Here. Vice President Bogus. Present. Commissioner Alexander. Uh, I am still here. Good okay. evening. <laughs> Commissioner Fisher. Present. Commissioner Matomedy. Here. Commissioner Sanchez. Here. Commissioner Wiseman Ward. Here. President Lamb. Here. Okay. At this time, um, before the board goes into closed session, I call for any speakers to the closed session items listed in the agenda. There'll be a total of a maximum of five minutes for speakers. Are there any speakers for public comment? Seeing none in person, if uh, anyone on, online cares to speak to the closed session item, please raise your hand at this time. None. Thank you. Please note the board will take a roll call vote on the recommended student expulsions when we reconvene to open session. I now recess this meeting at 503. SFGov TV, San Francisco Government Television.
SFGovTV, San Francisco Government Television.
SFGovTV, San Francisco Government Television.
SFGovTV, San Francisco Government Television. SFGovTV, San Francisco Government Television.
SFGovTV, San Francisco Government Television.
SFGovTV, San Francisco Government Television.
I do want to note that there is child care that's provided this evening from 5 to 9 for children ages 3 to 10. The child care is upstairs on the third floor in the cafeteria. Uh, snacks uh, will be provided. And at this time, I like to provide the readout um, from closed session. Um, vote on student expulsion matters. I move approval of the stipulated expulsion agreement of one middle school student matter number 2022 to 2023 number 15 from the district for the remainder of the spring 2023 semester and placement at the Civic Center Middle School. Can I have a second? Second. Uh, roll call, Ms. Lanoff, please. Commissioner Alexander? Yes. Vice President Bogus? Y yes. Commissioner Fisher? Yes. Commissioner Matomedy? Yes. Commissioner Sanchez? Yes. Commissioner Wiseman Ward? Yes. President Lamb? Yes. Student Delegate Henson? Oh, no, never mind. Sorry. <laughs> you guys weren't in closed session. Thank you. Uh, report from closed session in the matter of Gigi versus SFUSD. 
OAH number 2022-090803. The board, by a vote of seven ayes, gives the authority of the district to pay up to the stipulated amount. In the matter of KP versus SFUSD, OAH number 2022-1037, the board, by a vote of seven ayes, one abstain, Give, Fisher gives the authority of the district to pay up to the stipulated amount. In three matters of anticipated litigation, the, the board, by a vote of seven ayes, gives direction to the general counsel. Thank you for joining us this evening. We do have a full room. Uh, tonight, I want to express grief and heartache in response to the most recent acts, uh, incidents of violence, explicitly gun violence, here in the Bay Area, in, as well as Monterey Park in Southern California. This is also uh, very personal and, and hits um, particularly at home, especially this time of year. Um, Lunar New Year is a special time to reflect, celebrate with family and friends and community. Our hearts go out to the victims and families and to everyone impacted by these tragedies. Our schools must be safe and welcoming spaces for each and every person to learn and thrive. We want to make sure students know that they can always talk to a teacher, principal, or another caring adult at their school. And as a community, as a city, we must continue to work together, take care of one another, foster hope, and provide the safe and nurturing learning environments for each and every student. And at this time, we will um, go into the annual organiza the organizational meeting of the board, which is an action item. We have the election of officers 2023 for the Board of or um, Education. The item is a continuance from the January 10th special meeting. The vote did not reach a supermajority for the um, office of the president, uh, the position of the president. So per our rules, the vote was postponed to and continued to this meeting. At the January 10th meeting, Vice President Bogus and I were nominated to serve as president in 2023. Um, at this time, um, are there any additional nominations uh, for president? Uh, seeing none, um, if there are no further nominations of the Office of the President, I declare the nominations closed. Um, I want to again reinstate that um, Vice President Bogus has been nominated um, as well as I have been uh, nominated to serve in the, uh, um, in the President role. Do you have any additional comments, Vice President? Okay, neither do I. Um, before we open for discussion, a brief discussion from colleagues or to take our vote, um, I will now open to public comment. Thank you, President Lynn. We do have 11 speaker cards for in-person, okay? I'm gonna call five speakers at a time. When you hear your name, please line up at the dais. <clears throat> I will then limit up to 20 minutes of total public comment, um, both for in-person and virtual, because we did also take public comment in the previous, um, extended public comment in the previous meeting. Okay, thank you. Supriya Ray, Selena Chu, Deirdre Wong, 
Meg Cameron and Cora Cameron. Each speaker will have one minute each. And Supriya, you can go ahead. Thank you so much. My name is Supriya Ray, and I'm here as a parent commenting on the leadership matter. I just wanted to express uh, my concern for how this situation has resulted in the interests of our students um, seeming to be sh overshadowed by uh, what is going on amongst the members here. I would ask that you retain Jenny Lamb, who has provided very steady leadership over the past several months and has definitely made a difference in the tenor of these meetings and in the, what appears to be uh, the interactions among board members as well. So it seems to me that she has amply proved her ability and competence to lead and that there is no good reason to replace her. I would ask that she be allowed to continue, that you vote for her to continue this good work and allow the focus to be on our students and on good governance and showing them that everyone can work well together. Thank you. Hello, hi, my name is Selena Chu. I'm a parent of two SFUSD students in our district. I think it's, it is very important to value student needs and voices um, of your student uh, delegates who spoke loud and clear. Um, please listen to the kids, please listen to the parents. It's time that we bring ourselves back on track and start working on increasing pace for everyone here. They should be doing else things other than coming here to talk to you about this again. So we were on the right track. And I believe you should reelect President Lamb as the president because she has been doing great with um, getting everything moving. And then now we're here, we're talking about removing her from her role and another change in our leadership. And when you talk about equity, this is not equity. She's a mom, she has kids in SFUSD. Let her continue to do her job. Thank you. Thank you. Hello, commissioners. My name is Meg Camerud. I'm the parent of two SFUSD elementary students, and I'm here to speak in Jen Jenny Lamb's support and to ask you to allow her to serve out a full term as president of this board. Um, after years of turmoil, she has refocused this board on the students, on the success of our schools, and on our district. It is time for us to continue that work. It is important that students are centered and families are centered in these discussions and in the work of this board. And also that the district is centered and the people in this room who work for this district are centered. I fully support this. We don't need distraction, we don't need change, and we don't need board leadership without children in the school district taking over for their own personal gain. In addition, it's unacceptable that a faction of this board is trying to take even more power and voice away from our AA PI community when 40% of SFUSD students are part of the, that community. They deserve a voice. My name is Cora and I'm an SFUSD elementary student. 
I am here because I want our school board to focus on students and their families. President Lamb does that. She puts us first. I want her to stay president, and I want a mom to lead the board. Okay, the next five speakers, <clears throat> Meredith Dodson, John Blackwell, Carly Liu, Angela Zhao, sorry, I can't see the last name, Sarah Messian, maybe, uh, and then Sarah Montoya. You can go ahead. Okay. Um, hi, I'm Meredith Dodson with SF Parent Coalition, and I'm a public school mom. I wonder why we're spending more time on this, on the leadership change right now, when we could be talking about student outcomes or the adults that support them at SFUSD. And how about all of the time spent over the last few months behind the scenes by commissioners vying for more power on the board rather than staying unified and focusing on our students and the new vision, values, goals, and guardrails plan that the current president, who hasn't even been elected to one full term yet, helped launch. I wonder what it would have been like to just make this process go super quick, keep things in place, give this president a chance to cement in place what she started. The board clearly does know how to give a president two terms, as we just recently did. Why not now? It's disappointing to see the board return to adult drama and political jockeying again so soon. It's like whiplash after what this district community has experienced over the last couple of years. Let's vote for stability. Keep the president in her place. Thank you. Hi, my name is John Blackwell. I'm the parent of two children in the school district, and I'm here to support Jenny Lamb in her current leadership post. We've been through so much over the last few years, and I don't need to go into great detail about distance learning and what we were through with the pandemic. It feels like we have finally started to achieve some stability, and now there's a proposed change of leadership and I'm really kind of dumbfounded with the timing. It feels like you have not heard what the voters spoke in the last election. Um, the optics are terrible, but this isn't about optics. This is about the kids. Please do the right thing and let Jenny Lamb serve out a full term as president. Thank you very much. Mokukali, 后区委主席
I am currently a parent uh, in the past 12 months. San Francisco Public Schools have seen changes in leadership, two Board of Education uh, changes, and one new superintendent. Uh, uh, a changing President Lamb early will cause her to have less than one year as the board president. This change is not a good way of governance. It is unstable to students and unstable to families. How can this be good for families? Why not give her a chance to finish her term? Is this being done because of some self uh, selfish reason for so, some self uh, member, board members uh, own uh, own good self sorry excuse me I lost the term there at the end sorry uh, uh, <laughs> 我叫Angela 被批評他的能力Hello, I am Angela. I have two kids in the school district. Uh, continue, I, support, I continue supporting uh, President Lamb to be the president. Uh, president Lamb has a, is a public school mom. She leads good governance, is student-centered, and raises academics. She has not finished her term for one year net, and uh, she should not be questioned or disrespected because of this. Uh, uh, pulling her down from finishing before finishing president breaks her strong leadership, and it's break and uh, would not work with rebuilding trust and will bring instability to the school district. Thank you, everyone. Hello, I'm a public school teacher and also the parent of two San Francisco Unified students, and I'm here to speak again in, Commissioner of, uh, in support of Commissioner Lamb. In the past, commissioners have remained in office in order to provide stability in highly unstable times. The past few years have been very deeply challenging for our district, for our teachers, our staff, our families, and of course, our students. Um, in the midst of budget issues, a payroll nightmare, and an ongoing pandemic, at this Point, I think a change in leadership is unneeded. While I deeply respect Commissioner Bogus and his commitment to our students, I think at this time a shift can wait. Um, furthermore, as a fellow mother, I feel confident in Jenny Lamb's ability to serve um, our students and her personal investment in the district as a whole. I was also moved last week to hear um, that both student delegates on the board were supporting Commissioner Lamb. Thank you for your time. Hello, I'm Sarah. Um, my name is Sarah Montoya. I'm a public school parent, and I'm here to express um, my desire for stability and my support for President Liam. Um, as has been mentioned, both student delegates spoke in support of President Liam at our last session. Um, 
And it's clear that in her abbreviated term, she has been focused on student outcomes and is focused on providing, listening to parents and providing um, what our students need. Um, and also the argument that I heard last week is that is, this is the way it's always done. But I also stayed long enough to hear the workshop in which the coach said that the way you've always done it is not working for the parents in this district and is not working for the students. And so I'm asking you to listen to the parents that are here today, listen to the students that have spoken up. And I honestly believe that any vote that is not a vote for support of President Liam is a vote that shows that we are back on track of focusing on politics and not focusing on student outcomes. All right, I have three more cards. Robert Lowe, Lana Louie, make that four. Eric Mendez, and Joe. You can go to the podium, please. Hi, I'm, I'm Robert Lowe. I'm a stepfather of a Jefferson School District student. Uh, I support Jane Lamb as president of the school board. She's been doing a great job. Thank you. Hi, my name is Leanna Louie, and I'm a parent, a mother of a child who is at Washington High School right now. And I'm here to support Jenny Lamb as president of the board. Uh, you've done a very good job, and you've kept uh, everything going here at the school school board uh, meetings uh, with lots of um, uh, stability and, and reason, and we want you to uh, stay as our president. So, yes, thank you. Hi, my name is Eric Mendez. I'm a SFUSD parent. I'm also an immigrant from Nicaragua. Grew up in uh, public school systems. And I credit a lot of my success and luck to public schooling. Um, I'm going to keep it short because it sounds like you guys already have the votes. But I wanted to put it out there, like, because I think about this. Like, why am I here wasting my time watching this when I can be with my kids? But instead, I got to come out of here and watch this. So, I mean, I'm, I'm obviously supporting Commissioner Lamb, and I just want to say do the right thing and stop being greedy. Good evening, Commissioners. Thanks for uh, listening to us. I'm Joe Demento. I'm a public school parent, uh, Glen Park parent. Uh, I have a little kid who's uh, nine and then a, another son who's two who's going to be coming up in the SFUSD system. Uh, and I'm here today uh, not putting my kids to bed because I want to make sure that uh, I do everything I can to make sure that this board runs properly. Uh, my daughter in first grade was out of school for about a year and a half because the schools were closed for far too long and we saw what that did to learning and it was a tremendously detrimental thing to all of the students in the district. And good leadership is what makes this district run. I think uh, Commissioner Lamb has shown that she is a good, thoughtful leader and I don't know why we would be changing things right now. Frankly, we had a very, very bad situation on the board for a while. That's why three of your colleagues are no longer here. They were voted out by voters overwhelmingly. So I think please take that into account when you're making leadership changes and frankly don't make changes when you don't have to. Thank you very much. That concludes in-person public comment. We do have five minutes total left. If you care to, uh, anyone who's on Zoom, if you care to speak to this item, please raise your hand at this time and can that be repeated in Spanish and Chinese, please. Buenas noches, por favor levante su mano si quieren añadir un comentario público. Quedan cinco minutos solamente. Gracias.
。如果你想再對再對這個題目發表意見嘅話，請而家喺 Zoom 度撳舉手個掣。Thank you, Kira. Hi, my name is Kira Gaber. I have a child, an SFUSD, and a one-year-old. Oh, okay. Gaber. Then I have a child with SFUSD. I also attended SFUSD for twelve years. I'm here to speak my support for Jenny Lam. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, so my name is Kira Gaber, and I'm a parent of a student currently at SFUSD, and another one who's going to start kindergarten next year. I'm also a former SFUSD student of 12 years, and I credit my success in my life today with the education that I got in SFUSD. I am here to um, put my support behind giving Jenny Lam her first full term. When she came on after the previous president was recalled, she set the intention and concrete action items to turn our district around and win back the trust of SFUSD parents, families, and children, and educators. Um, I encourage you to please listen to all the parents who are speaking today. You had a child speaking today. The student delegates spoke also in favor of keeping LAM. Um, it's so important to have leadership who also has a child in SFUSD and knows all the actions that personally affect them. Um, thank you very much. Thank you. Rianda? Good evening, everybody. We now have a board that's 100% committed towards moving student outcomes, and hopefully they are all committed to thinking about all children. Commissioner Lamb has done some great work. She has been steadfast, and she has led through some really tough times with race. This is a question about shared leadership and the trust that all the training and guidance that she has received all the other board members received as well. Commissioner Bogus has led right alongside her, and whether it's him or anyone else who currently sits in their seat, this forward movement will not end. If Commissioner Lamb remains in her seat or someone else takes over, it shouldn't cause the work to end. The board should follow protocol despite the challenges associated with last year and allow for shared leadership. If Commissioner Lamb remains, great, however, if she is replaced as president, she will still be committed to the good work and support the president because that's the type of leader she has shown herself to be. Thank you. Susan Wong. Hello, my name is Susan Wong. I'm the parent of three SFUSD alum. And uh, I'm here to ask the board to keep Jenny Lamb as president of the Board of Education. During her presidency, she led the board to select a student-focused superintendent in Dr. Matt Wayne, who has shown a respect for parent involvement and feedback. Uh, also, she had the entire Board of Education undergo executive or leadership training to understand and focus their attention on crucial priorities. Uh, she also guided the district to set forth concrete, specific operational goals, such as having all students reading by third grade, which is leading the adoption of a new reading curriculum. And she also has made a priority of improving eighth grade math proficiency for all students. And the other parents have already spoken up about how it was before 
the school uh, before she became president, I, I'd like to remind you that uh, the board wasted precious time with renaming 44 schools during the one and a half years that the schools were closed, as as well as uh, contend with a half a million dollar uh, project on uh, removing the mural at George Washington High School. Okay, I just want to remind uh, what's at stake here, and I ask you to. Hello, Tom. Hi, uh, my name is Tom. I'm a parent, and my wife and I are both um, special education teachers in the district. Um, from my understanding, the rules got changed where you needed uh, five votes instead of four or a majority. So a lot of people saying, why are we talking about that? That's, from my understanding, why we're talking about it again. Um, I mentioned before that um, Commissioner Bogus reached out when I had a question. Jenny Lamb has, to my knowledge, not visited my school, Dolores Huerta, or any schools around that area. So if you're a parent of Lowell or the schools on the west side, she's your friend. She supports what you support. But she hasn't reached out to the other ones. And a lot of the parents say, listen to the parents. A lot of parents, including myself, aren't the only voices on here. So I'm trying to uplift a lot of, I work at a Spanish immersion school, a lot of those parents who did not call in and who do not speak. So all the parents who spoke tonight, and including myself, were a very small margin. And I also say, Jen Lim, I'm sorry, but does, in my opinion, does not have teachers back. If so, like I mentioned many times before, she would have uh, the failure of SFUSD, the failure of Matt Wayne, I'm sorry, but it, it fell, fell in his hands, the failure of Vincent Matthews. All right. That concludes the 20 minutes allotted for public comment. Uh, thank you. So at this time, I'm going to open the floor for any brief comments from colleagues before we do the roll call vote. Commissioner Alexander. Thank you, President Lamb. Um, and I'll um, I hope I won't go over the limit, or if I do, it won't be by much. I didn't speak on this last week, so I just want to, um, I'll be brief. Um, I, as my colleagues know, I spent 20 years before being on the board as a teacher and principal in SFUSD, and uh, so I kind of watched the board a little bit from afar, and this is uh, the most hyper-politicized I've ever seen a board leadership fight. Um, and I don't, um, fully understand why that's happening. I don't understand whose interests it serves, but I don't think it's good um, for our kids. Normally, the, the process is handled internally with the board. There aren't 501c4 political organizations doing email campaigns and other things happening on the outside. So I, um, I've been trying. It's, I think it's, it's been challenging. I've been trying to sort of depoliticize this for myself and, and peel back the layers of politics and approach it with uh, my integrity, um, and in my view, I think the the we the best thing for the board and for board governance is really having a clear succession plan. Now, I don't think that's possible on all boards. I think you know I was. On board. I can't hear a thing. I don't know what happened. Sorry, I might have to leave and come back on. Judson's fixing it now. Should I wait? I won't be alive, I promise you. We can hear now. Okay. Um, I was just saying, I, I don't think a, a succession planning is possible on all boards. I was on a board where we actually had to remove uh, the vice president. And, I don't, and so succession planning in that context didn't make a lot of sense. I think on this board, where we have a really talented group of people, 
Um, I, I think every single one of my colleagues would be good as board president, and I think um, in this context it makes sense. And so that's why I'm going to support, I continue to support um, Vice President Bogus moving into the presidency. In terms of the vice presidency, um, I have a lot of gratitude and respect for both Commissioner Sanchez and Commissioner Lamb for serving as president in the past, and especially Commissioner Lamb this year in a really, really difficult um, transition time. I feel like her leadership has been heroic, frankly, and I've said that before. So I, I really respect her deeply, um, and I think we need to build collective leadership across the board, um, which to me would mean one of the four of us who haven't served in leadership being vice president. Um, I'd be willing to do it, but um, I also have three amazing colleagues um, who I think would be fantastic. Um, I also have heard, I think, legitimate concerns around gender balance. If I were to be vice president, um, we'd have two men in the leadership plus a male superintendent. And why would we do that when we have three brilliant women who could do the role? So I don't know if any of them would be willing, but if they would, I would support them. If not, I would also be willing to serve. Um, and just to wrap up, I think, um, you know, one of my heroes is Ella Baker, uh, a real uh, inspirational leader in the U.S. civil rights movement. And she warned about kind of the danger in justice movements of, of depending on any one leader. Um, and so I, she was a real believer in kind of collective leadership and building leadership in others. And I think we can do that as a team. Uh, I think, um, you know, again, Commissioner Sanchez and Commissioner Lamp bring the experience of the presidency. They're still going to be on the board. Um, and I think, you know, we can work together and build a really strong team and really value all of our talents, even when we're not in the formal board leadership role. So thank you for listening to my thoughts. Colleagues. Okay. Seeing no other comments. Um, yes, Commissioner Watamani. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, I just want to thank you for your service. Um, you've given so much and continue to give so much to our students, our families, and our district. I want to thank you for your leadership. I feel strongly, and I've heard the message loud and clear, that our district needs stability wherever we can find it, and we found it in your leadership. Um, I am a parent in the district, and my nerves have been frayed over the last few years and coming onto this board um, under your leadership, um, which I, you know, which we all agreed um, was the right leadership, really helped calm things and it's been a bright spot in showing the way to stable, effective, student-oriented leadership in our district. FICMAT and Department of Ed have both highlighted our need for stable leadership as necessary to stabilize our district and I have just been so pleased and I wish it to continue. And I want to also say I've greatly appreciated the partnership that both of you have created in, your, in Board of Leadership, and I also wish that to continue. Um, but first, I want to thank you for your leading with vision, with acumen, with grace, with professionalism, and in collaboration with all of us. Thank you. Thank you. Um, at this time, Ms. Lanoff, if you can do a roll call for the nomination of Commissioner Bogus or Commissioner Lamb to serve in the position of president. Oh, Judson will do it. Judson, thank you. Just for clarification, we do an individual roll call or together? Yes, okay. So roll call for President Lamb. 
Um, student Delegate Hansen. President Lamb. Sorry, Student Delegate Kenosha. President Lamb. Commissioner Alexander. Commissioner Bogus. Commissioner Fisher. Commissioner Bogus. President Lamb. Lamb. Commissioner Matomedy. President Lamb. Commissioner Sanchez. <laughs> Commissioner Bogus. Commissioner Wiseman Ward. President Lamb. President Bogus. Um, Commissioner Bogus. That's four eyes for Commissioner Bogus, three eyes for President Lamb. Thank you. So I'd like to announce that Commissioner Bogus has been elected the President of the Board of Education for 2023. Um, we will now move to congratulations. We will now move to the election of Vice President of the Board of Education for 2023. As a reminder, if any um, member um, calls for acclamation to a single nomination, there does not need to be a vote, only by general consent of the board. Um, so at this time, I'd like to declare nominations are now open for the office of the Vice President um, for the Board of Education for the year 2023. And I do have a nomination, so I will lead with the nomination. Um, I'd like to nominate Commissioner Lisa, Lisa Weissman-Ward. It has been a joy serving with Lisa. From day one, she has demonstrated her smarts, thoughtfulness, she's deeply analytical and committed to our students. At her initial swearing in on the field at Galileo High School, she spoke passionately about our students. All students deserving excellence in their educational opportunities and our educators, our hard working staff are the heartbeat of our district and they need to be recognized, acknowledged for their contributions every day. She embodies SFUSD's values, leading with equity for each and every student. She brings decades of experience fighting for justice, fighting for individuals and communities that often don't have a voice or representation. She is fierce. She has distinct abilities not only working with many communities, but bringing people together to listen and tackle tough issues and bringing forward solutions and doing so with compassion. I know she will lead in the role with fairness and diligence. I remember at her first board meeting, she had her board meeting packet materials in front of her, printed, highlighted in different colors, along with notes, maybe even post-its. Um, she's also a working SFUSD mom, and we know moms get things done. And I am proud and excited to have Commissioner Weissman Ward to serve um, as Vice President. I ask my board colleagues to join me in voting to support her. Are there any other nominations? So seeing none, general consensus? By acclamation. By acclamation. So congratulations. Noted. Vice President Weissman Ward. Before we do a formal transitioning of our new board leadership, I just want to personally extend my gratitude to my colleagues here. 
Um, it has been a privilege and honor to serve as the president of the Board of Education this year. It has been trying and difficult times for this district. And at the same time, it is our students, our staff, and this district that brings me the joy and the work that I do every day on behalf of our students in this district. Um, and I want to extend my gratitude to President Bogus. We have been a, a great pair. We would not have gotten the work that we've accomplished as a board had it not been board leadership and the collaboration um, that has led um, this board. So at this time, I'd like to formally invite President Bogus to come into the uh, seat as well as Vice President Weissman Ward, and we will formally um, change these. And from there, uh, President Bogus will lead us um, through and chair the remaining of the meeting. continue with the agenda just to, to say a few words um, just thank you for the, the support uh, for my fellow commissioners and thank you even for the commissioners that didn't uh, vote for me for your commitment to the students and the district um, and your willingness to not let politics get in the way of board business um, since you all have been on the board, since I have joined the board, I've seen a commitment from the commissioners on the board to try to find a way to put students first. Um, it hasn't always been easy, but I definitely feel like the leadership of um, President Lamb has really set us on the path to be successful and has really put forward uh, a new direction for us to go as a district to really address the things that we're struggling with. Um, and it's really important to acknowledge that we're in a time of crisis, um, not just one crisis, really, but multiple crises. Um, and how do we really address that? How do we bring people together? And how do we stay focused on our mission to do everything we can to make the, the schools and the families in our district successful? So um, just appreciate everybody for their comments and, and recognizing there was a lot of folks who came out to give public comment who weren't able to. Um, and so I think regardless of, of where you landed on the presidential uh, vote or debate, just know that we're all here fighting for you and your families. I mean, we want to see you be successful and we really hope to continue to earn your trust and for you to be proud of who we are uh, as a board and that we're doing a good job of representing you and your families um, so thank you so much and I think with that we will go to our land acknowledgement okay. so we'll ask folks to uh, Stop speaking as we uh, begin our land acknowledgement. 
We, the San Francisco Board of Education, acknowledge that we are on the unceded ancestral homeland of the Ramatush Ohlone, who are the original inhabitants of the San Francisco Peninsula. As the indigenous stewards of this land and in accordance with their traditions, the Ramatush Ohlone have never ceded, lost, nor forgotten their responsibility as the caretakers of this place as well as for all people who reside in their traditional territory. As guests, we recognize that we benefit from living and working on their traditional homeland. We wish to pay our respects by acknowledging the ancestors, elders, and relatives of the Ramatush community and by affirming their sovereign rights as first people. Okay, and with that acknowledgement, we will go to board minutes. <clears throat> Can I get a motion for the minutes? So moved. Second. And can we have a roll call vote? I think we may want to ask for corrections first and then oh, we can do a roll call right. vote. Yep. Let's see if there are corrections from commissioners for uh, both sets of. Uh... Ms. Hansen? Yes. Mr. Kanishta? Yes. Commissioner Alexander? Sorry, yes. Um, I'm going to do Commissioner Fisher. Yes. Commissioner Matomedy. Yes. Commissioner Sanchez. Yes. Vice President Wiseman Ward. Yes. Um, Commissioner Lamb. Sorry. Yes. And President Bogus. Yes. Seven eyes. Okay. Thank you. Uh, and with that, we will go to our next item: reviewing the order of agenda items. Um, at this time, I'd like to note a change in the agenda. Uh, we will be moving item K, K1 up to happen before uh, public comment item H. Um, so shifting it to come after advisory committee reports and appointments. Um, and just to note that for folks who might want to give public comment, um, that we'll be moving that up. Uh, okay, and with that, I believe we will transition into the superintendent's report. Right. I <coughs> uh, good evening, everyone. Uh, Gong Hei Fat Choi, we want to first start off wishing all SFUSD families a happy Lunar New Year as we ring in the, the year of the rabbit or uh, the cat. Um, and I hope this year brings you and your families hope and peace. As our community gathers to celebrate Lunar New Year, we hold firm in the values of diversity and social justice in our work to stu serve students and families each and every day. And what's really neat about San Francisco schools is we're a place where we want every student to be able to see themselves and be themselves, and where the diversity of our community is celebrated each day. 
Um, and we know that our community is made stronger by embracing and celebrating the differences that define us. So I hope everyone enjoyed the day yesterday and is looking forward to a, um, a year filled with hope and peace. Um, so I've been uh, continuing visiting schools to get to know our, our school communities and uh, see, most importantly, our students in classrooms learning. And just so impressed with the uh, different programs we have at our schools, as well as uh, the work that's being done to improve student achievement. And so on the right is a picture. I got to visit John Muir Elementary School, which has an innovative uh, program to support teachers' professional learning around math instruction to help improve student outcomes for uh, uh, student outcomes in, in math. And this is also supported by the city of San Francisco. And just to, uh, you can see in the picture, uh, these are um, teachers and other staff in the room room observing a colleague to then debrief how the lesson went. And, and that kind of professional learning uh, is an exemplar for what we want to be doing as a district. Um, then also got to visit Washington High School. And I want to show a brief video here. Uh, we, we went into their relatively new auto body shop uh, and got a chance to hear what the students are doing from the, uh, their auto body teacher. So if you want to press play. Got it or no? Oh, okay. It's okay. I'll, I'll narrate. He's pointing. I'll narrate. He's pointing to the. Oh. Yeah. It's not gonna work. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. Okay. No problem. Um. So he's pointing. Um. Uh, he's pointing first to the engine that the students build. It takes 20 to 30 hours to build an engine. If you let the video keep running, um, he talks about the perseverance it takes for that. And then they are able to graduate to working on cars. And uh, you'll see there's actually two cars in there right now um, that they're working on. And it's just uh, an amazing space that they have there. Uh, it's, a it's a course that he said, a class he says fills up um, quickly and, and many students want to participate. So uh, again, it's just neat to be out at our schools and see what uh, we're offering. And so with that, um, it's just a reminder that it's our, our enrollment deadline is approaching. So if you want to take advantage of these really incredible opportunities for your students, uh, make sure you've enrolled and the um, February 3rd is the main round deadline, so that's the last day to submit TK-12 applications uh, if you want to be in that first round, and so uh, please make sure you get them in. Um, also just want to highlight that recently the state released its dashboard uh, on progress in various areas, including graduation rate, and our graduation rate um, rose to 90.2%, the highest rate in six years. And so um, in our Vision 2025, we've done a lot of work to ensure that students are graduating and graduating with the skills that they need in uh, the 21st century. And then we've also been implementing a portfolio of credit earning 
learning options for students to help them uh, make sure that if they are facing challenges that there's different opportunities for success. So um, we're pleased to see the growth in our overall graduation rate. We know there's groups of students for whom we still need to provide additional support, uh, but it's nice to be able to celebrate ultimately the progress of our students and then our, our teachers and staff who are working with them. Um, and then lastly, uh, I want to end by thanking SFUSD mentors. Uh, January is National Mentoring Month, and we appreciate the mentors who are supporting some 400 SFUSD students. And we have a school-based mentoring program called Mentoring for Success, which pairs students with highly qualified and efficient adult mentors that serve as positive role models and motivate students to be their best. So Mentoring for, schools for Success is coordinated by our, by our school social workers in SFUSD. And any SFUSD employee is welcome to apply. So I got to go to the event recognizing our mentors and was so impressed to see that it's our staff who are, uh, many of our staff are providing mentorship. So after, uh, or often during um, a long day of work, they're still meeting individually with students to provide that guidance. I learned a lot of them meet over their lunch one, once a week and, and really get to connect with their students in different ways. And so just want to appreciate the mentors and, and the staff who are stepping up to do that. That concludes my report. Thank you, Superintendent. Uh, and now we will go to student delegate reports, and we'll call on student delegate Hanson and Kanoshchi. Thank you, President Bogus. The Student Advisory Council has been preparing for our annual youth summit on April 28th. This summit will be a gathering of SFUSD students from every school to participate in SAC workshops, listen to keynote speakers, and watch the debate of the incoming student delegates for next year. Isabella and I would also like to take a moment to clarify what is within our purview as student delegates as there has been some understandable confusion. We serve as representatives of SFUSD students, so our focus will always be on students. It is not our responsibility as student delegates to explain the actions of other commissioners. We do not wish to be scapegoats or pawns for any parents, and we participate in board discussions and give advisory votes always doing what we think is best for all students. We do not participate in closed session, and we are not privy to legal information. Isabella and I wish that we could have real votes, and I'm sure that most, if not all, of the commissioners on this board would support this, but it is a state matter. It's not the board's decision, so we ask that this frustration not be projected onto our colleagues, and that you show respect for them and us. We appreciate the public support of Student Voice, and we also wish a happy Lunar New Year to those who celebrate. Thank you, student delegates. Uh, and with that, we will go to item F, uh, and I'll call on Superintendent Wayne. Uh, good evening again. Um, on November 4th, I declared a payroll state of emergency to address our issues with our Empower SF payroll system. And since declaring the state of emergency, I've committed to providing updates at each of our regular board meetings on our progress in addressing uh, these, the, this issue. Um, and so uh, tonight, I'm going to provide uh, an update on some of our major accomplishments since declaring a state of emergency. Be clear on what it means to fix Empower SF and then what and talk about what the path forward is to stabilize Empower SF over the next 90 days. Um, 
And so since declaring the state of emergency, we have been able to make meaningful progress in key areas. We have worked to resolve some of our highest priority issues. Uh, so we learned that people were losing their health benefits, and so we were able to put in place a, um, a fix so that that's not happening anymore, and we're working to address anybody whose health benefits were impacted. Same thing with 403B contributions. Uh, employees were wanting to contribute to their retirement fund. It wasn't being processed. We were able to work uh, uh, fix that, including we have uh, staff who are on uh, parental leave, and there's rules in the contract about paying staff on parental leave that uh, what, you know, weren't being processed, and so we were able to do that. And then as, um, able to provide off-cycle checks through the system so we could resolve issues as soon as we hear about them. Uh, in all these areas, we know there are still concerns. Uh, they, they are still coming up to us, but we are working to address those individual issues, but we've been able to make some of those system fixes. Um, we also have been working on some high-priority tasks. We know we need to fix the system but it was incredibly important to move forward with the 6% salary increase for UESF members. And I want to acknowledge we have other bargaining units with whom we've reached agreement. And so by doing it for UESF, we've now established a process and we have a timeline to follow through on those. Um, we did our end of year closeout and set up for 2023 of more than 10,000 employees. And we implemented W-2s and our staff will be receiving them shortly. And then another key area we did uh, have been able to fully implement the command center. We have a case management team and reduced the overall backlog and identified 40 unique root causes of payroll related issues. And this is critical for us to be able to, uh, when I speak to what it means to fix it, this is a critical step in that. I do just want to highlight one of these, one key, uh, I'll share a little bit more data about one of these key accomplishments. When um, I started uh, in, in the district and realized we needed to have a full understanding of the scope of the issues with Empower SF. We invited uh, Al uh, and asked Alvarez and Marshall to come in and do that analysis and provide support. And they showed that each month, um, since the implementation of Empower, we were receiving more tickets, meaning there were more issues coming in than we were able to close. And so one of the main reasons for declaring the state of emergency is that things we saw were getting worse and not better. And so we are pleased to see that after declaring the state of emergency and launching the command center, we've finally been able to bend the curve, meaning we are, we have for the last two months been able to close more uh, tickets than we've been, uh, we've been able, than have been opened. There are still way too many tickets that are open, but that um, has, uh, the pro that's the progress we are looking for, and it's laid a blueprint for how we can more uh, quickly resolve other issues. Um, so I share all those accomplishments actually attached to this agenda. It's now posted online. There's even a greater list. But I know what people really want to hear is, when is this going to be fixed? And um, so first, though, I want to explain what it means to be fixed, right? And what is a, a uh, fully functioning system? So we've looked at what other districts do and, um, and, and talked with Alvarez and Marcel, and, and uh, they shared with us when you look at the, the Council of Great City Schools have a key performance indicator that say, you know, in, functioning, in districts with a functioning payroll, there's less than 25 payroll errors per cycle. So you heard me say we have 10,000 employees. There may be an issue, but they're very small. And when those issues occur, they're resolved within one pay cycle. So our employees are not waiting for a long time for that, um, uh, for an issue to get resolved. 
Also, we are fixed when we have the staff to be able to run our, all, of, all of our operations. And when we're, while we appreciate the support of Alvarez and Marcel and other consultants, really when those contracts are very limited to just technical support and we're not relying on them to run the system. So that's what fix looks like. And again, I hear, when will we be fixed? And I know everyone wants uh, uh, an answer. And you haven't heard me provide a definitive date because we've needed to understand the problem and see what is it going to take to fix it. And so part of that process has been uh, asking Alvarez and Marcel to help us understand, OK, what is at the, the root of this? How did, you know, what were the issues when this was launched? And so what will it, you know, then what will it take to fully fix it? And so um, on the next slide, um, You'll see uh, there, uh, Alvarez and Marcel has ident have identified five key factors that led to the challenges we're facing. And I'd like to uh, introduce again Aaron Covington to speak to this. Thank you, Superintendent. Um, just before I jump into the specifics of what went wrong leading into the launch of Empower SF, I just want to be clear that we did not go back and do an audit of the steps leading into the implementation of Empower SF. Our observations that I'm going to discuss are, are representative of what we've heard, documents we've reviewed um, since we came in the door this past fall. So what we've observed, though, is that um, why, why is the district in its current state is that Empower SF was deployed without sufficiently defining requirements, testing, or training to support the broad variety of complex payroll and benefits issues that the school district supports. As a result, the complexities of the operating model, model were not adequately configured into Empower SF, therefore resulting in payroll errors. Um, more specifically, things like data management and systems integration with outside providers such as the city um, were not designed correctly and are oftentimes a source of persistent payroll errors, things like benefits. In addition, the district, once the system went live, did not have a robust contingency plan or the needed resources to roll back the previous system. And so, as, because they were so focused on the implementation and supporting the new platform. Fourth, notwithstanding the implementation, um, the complexity was further exacerbated by COVID. Obviously, the district was focused on online learning. Um, and also working remotely, so that further contributed to the complications or the, the issues resulting from Empower SF. Finally, the post-implementation support um, was and continues to be understaffed. Uh, the sheer number of vacancies the district is experiencing are making the resolution and remediation of these issues complex. Uh, the volume, diversity, and complexity of the issues uh, continue to slow the efforts. So. The, the, when, we, when, we took it, when we established the command center, the tickets, the number of outstanding payroll tickets was over 10,500. Um, we're now down today below 8,700. Uh, so we're making progress, but just because of the sheer volume and complexity of these tickets, it takes time to work through these items. And I uh, thank you, Erin. And I think really in in, lear in learning about this, the, I think the first point is so key, or the first two points are so key, that it was set up without clear requirements and that the complexities of the district weren't factored in. And so what's happened is every month there have been new issues that emerge, and each month, uh, and, and so each month has brought new, new uh, challenges to figure out. We've now been through a full year of this, and what's been so critical that the command 
Command Center has been working on and A&M has been helping us with is identify those root causes. And so that's, uh, we're finishing up that process and that's one of the things you can expect to see over the next 90 days. Uh, wanted to show this chart to, just because this identifies for each of the teams in the command center, what are the milestones for the next 90 days. Um, I wanna highlight three though, that um, you, um, uh, that, that we should be accountable to report on over the next 90 days that will indicate real progress towards stabilization and moving from a state of emergency to where we actually have a functioning system. So one is we've learned a lot in closing those tickets. And so, um, and so we expect to be able to accelerate that process and should see the overall employee ticket backlog reduced by at least half. Um, secondly, now that we've been through a full year, all those root causes need to be identified and resolution is mapped out with a timeline. So we can say, okay, now we know the landscape of the issues, this is how long it will take. And then third, that we are filling key vacancies in business services, technology, and human resources so that we have the people power uh, to follow through on resolving these, these issues. And so, um, uh, so that's, again, what to look for in the next 90 days. Um, uh, hopefully it gives a clear picture of what it means to be fixed and, you under, and, and know that I understand that that's what everybody just wants to hear. And so uh, while we're identifying all the root causes, you have things you can look for over the next 90 days and know we will, we will be coming back with uh, more clarity on then what's the timeline for, for full resolution. Uh, so that concludes my report. Thank you. Thank you, Superintendent, for that update. And now I think we'll see if we have any public comment on the item and then uh, we'll see if there's any comments from uh, commissioners. There's no public comment. We don't typically take public comment on superintendent's report. Or the empower, actually, I'm sorry, this is the empower update. Yes, we will. My apologies. Um, <clears throat> please raise your hand if you care to speak to the empower state of emergency update. Please repeat that in Spanish and Chinese. Buenas noches, por favor, levanta su mano si deseas tener un comentario público. Gracias. 如果大家想就住這個Empower的議題的發言呢,請舉手。Thank you, we have two hands up. Actually, four. Would you one minute each, uh, President Bogus, or? Yeah, let's give uh, one minute each. Sure thing. Sophia Catherine. Dr. Sophia Catherine. <coughs> Sophia Catherine. Okay, can you hear me? Yes, we can. Yes, uh, start again for listening to me. Uh, the purpose of the school has always been to educate the students first. And uh, with 40% of the school board Asian, it's critical that we have Asians in critical position of leadership on the school board. Also, it's critical. Excuse me. This is only to comment on the payroll state of emergency update at this time. Okay. Uh, okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you.
Hello, Tom. Hi, yeah, um, parent and teacher in the district. I think um, I, I appreciate um, the superintendent explaining, you know, it was rolled out with implementation uh, being thought of. And I, and I agree with that. But I mean, that I could have told you as well. I'm angry. I'm angry because we say only this many people, one person not being paid is wrong. One person. Every time, sorry, uh, every time our paychecks come up, my coworkers, my wife, myself, it's like, it's a gamble. Are we going to get paid correctly? How do we know? Because we can't trust the district. We're losing people because of this. I hope and wish that more parents say, listen to the parents. I'm a parent as well, like I mentioned. Listen to educators and call in instead of we have four hands. This is outrageous. So when it comes to negotiations, support your educators, support your school staff, because it's not just teachers that make a school run, secretaries, security guards, paraprofessionals. We have the staffing crisis because of this um, untrust, and it's crazy, and it's not right. Thank you. Ms. Marshall? Oh, yes. Thank you so much. Thank you, Superintendent, for that update. My concerns are just like the person who just spoke before me. 8,700 tickets. That's still a lot of tickets. I'm hoping to hear from the staff who, who have not received their paycheck because the community needs to know and needs to hear what they are experiencing. And so we started, this, we started talking to you about this a, a year ago, I think January, so a year later, and it's still not fixed. School will be out soon. So I thank you for the update, but you, you all have to and must do better. Think of if this was you not receiving your paycheck. Thank you. Thank you. Josephine Zhao. Um, thank you, Superintendent, for your report. I'm glad that um, there's some better understanding of what's going on with the complex uh, software system. Um, there are a lot of work that have done that, you know, without proper planning is my last life. I was a software developer and I appreciate the uh, depth of all these um, um, bugs and um, uh, incomplete planning. So I hope that you can get to the bottom of Empower ASAP so that um, teachers and educators can be paid. Also, um, thank you for your message for the Lunar New Year Massacre. Uh, we are holding a visual for the victim this Thursday, 5.30 to 7 p.m. at Portsmouth Square. And congratulations to President Kevin Bogus and um, Vice President Lisa Wiseman Ward. Happy the rest of the Chinese New Year. Thank you. Dorothy? as well as a paraeducator within the district and with inflation being at an all-time high and lower market wages for paras. So much that paras can qualify exams is incumbent that the district not only make sure that these steps accurately reflect this time work, but also I'm sorry, Dorothy, we cannot hear you. I'm sorry, we have a really bad connection. If you want to try to um, call back in, I can try to get to you after this. Hello, Susie.
My name is Susie. I'm a retired teacher, happily retired, but I'm now a substitute. And I just want to know, um, I missed some of the conversation, but I'm very concerned about um, some of the errors that were overpayments, underpayments. I'm worried about doing my taxes. Are you going to send us accountants or TurboTax um, experts to make sure that we're not paying taxes on money that wasn't even supposed to get to us or didn't get to us? 403Bs, a lot of us have lost interest or you want to take money back from our 403Bs. So I have a lot of anxiety over this. This is like big, you know, and I'm just hoping you're considering all the elements to this. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Hello, Dorothy. Would you like to try again if you have a better connection? Dorothy? Hi. That's better. <laughs> oh, maybe not. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's a bad connection. That concludes public comment. Thank you. And if Dorothy is able to, to get their connection fixed, maybe we can have them provide comment during public comment. Sure thing. Or you can email boardoffice at sfusd.eu. Thank you for bringing that up. Uh, so we'll see if there are comments or um, thoughts from uh, commissioners. I can uh, I can go. Uh, thank you for the update. Really appreciate the work and the progress that has been done. Um, I, I would just say in the presentation, I do feel like you went a little bit quick on the slide with the kind of timelines for when things are going to be happening. I think just to say that I believe the document is available so folks will be able to see that um, if you aren't able to capture it. Um, I, I guess I, since you've come on, Superintendent, I've been really... Um, really excited about the way that you've jumped in and tried to handle some of these issues that started before you. But I think there is still a lot of frustration for me, and I would even say for a lot of commissioners and folks in the district about the progress that we've made, um, and that we're still not at a place where we have kind of resolved this issue fully. Um, and I think we're going to really need to figure out how we address the fact that this is lingering, and there's an expectation from the public and from our staff and our families that we would already have this issue resolved, um, that this would be something that that's kind of in the background. Um, and also, I think, how do we make people whole? And like, how do we make this process right for the toll? This is kind of taking on our whole school community, whether it's the workers who are impacted or the families who care about the workers that are impacted. And so I just think as we continue to have these conversations, I appreciate the increased transparency in the conversation, but at a certain point we just have to get to a solution. Um, and so just to say that we want to be your ally in getting there and using the full power of the district to support you to, to, to do that. Um, but I think just to be really clear, like anything short of that I think is not, not going to be viewed as a success for us. And I think there's a lot of urgency for us to have success. Thank you. I, I, I definitely hear that and, and appreciate the support you've provided since I've started and, and the urgency you feel around this. But I also hear what you're saying and can think about in the next uh, uh, update. There's the fixing and in the meantime, how are we recognizing the harm is caused and you know, the issues that, that come up. So we just heard from a, a caller around the anxiety they feel as we approach uh, tax time. And so thinking through how we're going to address that uh, I, that that's something uh, can definitely include in the next report and, and understand it's a prior to the board, you know, to fix it. And in the meantime, 
also be uh, understanding and providing support to staff so the focus can stay on where it should be in the classroom. Okay, I think with that we will close out this item and we will transition to item G, advisory committee reports and appointments. Uh, and we will call up the native Hawaiian Pacific Islander Parent Advisory Council members to present. Welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Greetings, good evening. My name is Heaven Anawai. I am the Native Hawaiian Pacific Islander Coordinator for SFUSD. I have the pleasure of working with our MAC, and they have worked hard with this presentation tonight, so I am just here to formally introduce them. So without further ado, I'd like to pass it over to the co-chair, Asipesio Nao Finao. Thank you. Please put, turn your mic on by pressing the button. And let me know when you want me to advance the slides, please. Thank you. I will be reading from my co-chair, Teresa, tonight. Teresa Parafeta Sangote is Samoan from the villages of Nu'uli and Manu'a of American Samoa and Samusu and Aleipata of Samoa. She's a parent of a senior at Balboa High School and has been a member of Matua Advisory Council for the last three years and is currently my co-chair. Shown here on this first slide are greetings from all of our native Hawaiian and Pacific Islands. Our acknowledgments to God in these spaces we are in and greetings to everyone from all corners of this world and our ancestors from before so that we may speak. Acknowledging the Ramata Shaloni, the original peoples of what is now the San Francisco Peninsula. Thank you, Superintendent Dr. Wayne, all, all of our board commissioners and families in the audience for the opportunity to share our NHPI MAC presentation tonight. Next slide. On this slide, we have our agenda. We will take you on the journey on where we come from, who we are, and what we would like to see for our Pacific Island families, students, and communities. Next slide, please. Sorry, next one. Next one. Our greeting in Tongan. My name is Asipesio Nao Finao, and I was born in the kingdom of Tonga. I reside in, and work in San Francisco, and my child currently attends Galileo High School. I have been a member of Matua Advisory Council since 2020, and currently I am co-chair. 
to Teresa. The term matua in Tongan Samoan Hawaiian means parent or elderly. We are a very passionate community, driven group of parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, and caregivers to Pacific Island Islander students currently enrolled in SFUSD. We are very proud to be in this space to help our communities gain access to resources that will support our children to succeed not only in their educational journeys, but also in all areas of their life. On this slide are the current members of our Matua Advisory Council, as well as community supporters and educators. We are just few here to represent our NHPI community. <coughs> families and students. On this slide is a map of the Pacific Ocean, where 26 Pacific <laughs> Islands are located and 30 indigenous communities live. In the words of a renowned Tongan and Fijian writer and anthropologist, Epeli Ahoofa, Oceania is vast, Oceania is expanding. Oceania is hospitable and generous. Oceania is humanity rising from the depths of brine and regions of fire deeper still. Oceania is us. We are west of the United States and east of Asia. Many of our people from the Pacific Islands migrated to various countries around the globe and raised their families overseas whilst trying to instill the value and cultures that our parents taught us. We came, we learned, and we assimilated our lives to the surrounding environment we live in. And San Francisco is one of those places. Here are the many reasons our ancestors navigated here. Political and colonization, military services and other careers, educational opportunities, better income opportunities, access to health care, religious work, and family reunification. Next slide, please. Malai Hello. My name is Ana Mahina. I am Tongi descendant from Enweki Island in the Pisipovao. Religious and my I think you need to turn your microphone on. Let me start that. I should have known this one, right? <laughs> I've been here this long. <laughs> so, excuse me. Maloi uh, Lele and hello. My name is Ana Mahina. I'm a Tongan descendant of Aweki Island and Tefisi Vavau, villages of my mother and father from the kingdom of Tonga. I am a parent of a second grader and I've been a member of the Parent Advisory Council as well as the Matua Advisory Council for some years now. Um, I'm currently the Special Education Representative from the Matua Advisory Council. And these are the challenges of our cultural clashes between Pacific knowledge and Western education. Intergenerational trauma. Many of our young Pacific Islanders are affected by poverty that has continued from our parents or grandparents. Many of our youth end up incarcerated confined spaces. Our Western edu education is the shift in the concept of schooling versus Pacific Island communal mindset. 
language differences. Our children need to learn their native language to be empowered in learning about their identity, power structures, for example. Um, suppression of indigenous value systems, village versus individualism. The Pacific Island community is communal. We excel as community, not as individual. These challenges are due to the absence of language, structure, teaching tools that will help to empower, uplift, and provide cultural basis relevant to the Pacific Island students. Next slide, please. Here's a snapshot of our NHPI student demographics in SFUSD. The total Pacific Islander students, overall um, grades pre-K through 13, as you see, in 2022 to 2023, we have 888 students. In 2021-2022, we had 927 students. A total of 56 of our Pacific Islander student population in SFUSD identify as Samoan. A total of 29% of Samoan students are receiving special education services for the school years 22-23. Here are three things we would like SFUSD to address immediately. Work with our community to reduce the 69% of our NHPI students that falls under chronic absenteeism for the school year 21-22. Design a program to address the lack of education or awareness of who Pacific Islander people are and the accurate history of our Pacific Islands. We want SFUSD to train and hire NHPI resident of San Francisco to be principals, counselors, teachers, and staff to help support our Pacific Islander children. What this data shows, what this data does not show, is that there are many different Pacific Islanders that are not represented. While we are grateful for the Samoan population data, we will continue to hold SFUSD accountable to providing us with accurate, accurate, and I'll say it again, accurate, disaggregated data that, so that we are inclusive and reflective of all our Pacific Islander students in the school district. Next slide, please. Talo Falava. My name is Gaynor Ansiatanga. My family's origins are from the villages of Tangamangongo and Taputimo Bailoa. I'm a San Francisco native from the village of the Mission and Hunters Point um, and an SFUSD alumni. I will be talking about SFUSD's vision and goals for our Native Hawaiian and Pacific Islander students. The vision is all students will graduate as independent thinkers with a sense of agency. Is it agency or urgency? <clears throat> Sorry. Agency who have attained academic and creative skills to lead productive lives and contribute to our community. 
With this vision in mind, these are the academic and college career goals set by SFUSD Board of Education. Third grade literacy students, the percentage of all third grade students reading at grade level as measured by state tests will increase from 52% proficiency rate in October 2022 to 70% proficiency rate by October 2027. Our NHPI students in third grade were only 24% proficient in October 2022. Eighth grade math students, the percentage of all eighth grade students performing math at grade level as measured by the state tests will increase from 42% proficiency rate in October 22 to uh, October 2022 to 65% proficiency by 2027. For our eighth grade NHPI students, only 19% were proficient in October 2022. College career readiness students, the percentage of all high school 12th graders who are college career ready, as defined by the California Department of Education, will increase from 57.5% in June 2020 to 70% by June 2027. Due to the pandemic, CDE's college career indicator reports for 2021 and 2022 include only a subset of CCI measures. Reporting of all measures and the overall rate will resume in 2023. Next slide, please. This slide, I want to cover some key considerations of our students. Most, if not all, of our students are family-oriented, respectful, caring, and joyful. And when we want to keep their spirits high by implementing more programs catered to them, workshops that promote their culture and give them a sense of belonging and identity. Lastly, provide a safe space in the schools and the community to help them thrive academically in all areas of life. With these strengths, there are challenges our students face, such as, excuse me, <clears throat> cultural differences, which leads to chronic absenteeism, then leads to less access to school and content learning. Next slide, please. Yes, you. Good evening. <coughs> Tala Falava. My name is John Nauer. I am from the villages of Tuxim and Vailo in American Samoa. I am a district alum, class of 85. Really? This whole time. I got you. All right, not only y'all made me sit here for about two days, now y'all got me. Okay. Talo Falava, my name is John Nauer. I am from the villages of Tuxim and Vailo in American Samoa. I'm also an alum of the district class of 1985, J. Eugene McIntyre High School. My kids are alum and now my grandkids are attending the district. I want to go over our current and upcoming programs and uh, NHPI programs. We have our pre-K Samoan dual language program, our Matua Advisory Council, our NHPI High School Study Hall, our Tongan language course, Samoan language course, 
our NHPI end of the year acknowledgement ceremony, our annual VASA conference, our VASA High School Pathway from uh, SFUSD to City College of San Francisco, our Fatal Friday Read Aloud to Students, our Summer Credit Recovery Program, and our NHPI High School interns at SFUSD NHPI Wellness Festival. All these programs are catered to our students and we would love, we would like to see them continue. See more programs like these and more NHPI SFUSD staff to lead efforts like this. We need more counselors, teachers, principals, coordinators, because there's still a lot more work to do, but also to not only recruit and hire Pacific Islanders, but make sure they have the adequate cred credentials so they could be in front and to engage with our students. I know that we have uh, staff here, but please make sure they have the right credentials so we could put them in the right spaces to engage our youth. Next slide, please. I would next like to talk about our MAC recommendations from the school year 2021 all the way up to this year. In the previous years, uh, 2021 to 2022, please continue. We, we had asked to continue to support the Fasamon Initiative, our pre-K Samoan dual language, please, by all means, we need to get kindergarten dual language. My grandson graduated from the pre-K uh, pre program. Great program, but the problem is where they're at now. There isn't a regular pre-K, I mean kindergarten. So please support that effort and continue though. Also targeted recruitment efforts, uh, again, uh, the higher NHPI staff, like I said, make sure they have the right credentials so they're not teaching a school over on the other side of the city, but somewhere where all the Pacific Islander kids are going to school at, please. Continue the Samoan and Tongan interpretation. Uh, continue uh, more hands-on learning programs. As Gaynor mentioned, our kids work in community. We are not a selfish community and we do not do good in individualism, but we do great as a group and team, so please hear us on that. Uh, and also too, please rename a school uh, in our district after uh, uh, Artina Tupufia Valentino, uh, as well as continue with the video uh, uh, translations that we have. And then last but not least, I wanna go over our new recommendations for uh, this school year is that we would love to expand the support for Pacific Islander content, curriculum, and events. Work closely with the MAC elected members to address the following. Truancy to chronic absenteeism for NHPI students. Come on now, we only have 900 students and 70% are not, are being late or being absent. Houston, we got a problem. <laughs> Recruit, uh, uh, what you call it? Recruit, uh, recruitment of students in NHPI cultural programs add interpretation resources for our Tongan and Fijian brothers and sisters and families and students, extend the pre-K, like I said, dual language and pathway to kindergarten, explore additional sports for girls such as rugby, review the Kapasa Fatu community needs assessment finding and recommendations document, support all recommendations from the AAPAC, Indian Ed and Migrant Ed, Explore funding sources to support building capacity for the Fasamoan Initiative team. Support mental health services for NHPI middle school students. Last but not least, we the MAC would like, would like to know the updates from our school year, some of the recommendations and some of the things that were implemented in the school year 2021 and 2022. We have recommendations for this year, but still, please, we, will, we would love to, we still have unresolved issues from the previous years. Our students are struggling. They need more support. 
need more resources, need more programs that are culturally relevant. And by all means, thank you, and definitely we need your support moving forward. God bless. Are we supposed to stay here for questions or anything? Right. I knew that was coming. Thank you so much for your presentation. Uh, it was greatly appreciated. Before we take comments from commissioners, I think we'll see if there's any public comment uh, from the people who are here in person or virtual. Thank you, President Bogus. Uh, we do have. nine cards in person. I will call five at a time, or five and then four, um, then you can line up and, and go. And please forgive me if I do any mispronouncing of names. Uh, Akesa Veal, Lenisi Mateo, Carissa Tua, Sweetie Tajita, Fali Niu Tagata Jr. Forgive me again. You can go ahead. You love one minute each? Yeah, we'll go uh, a minute each. Uh, we'll just remind folks to hit the microphone as you come up to make sure the red light is on. Thank you. And you can go. Is it on? It's on. Yeah, you can go oh, ahead. Okay. Um, my name is Akesa Vea. I'm a Tongan and Samoan sophomore who attends Galileo High School. I'm here today to talk about the lack of PI staff members and resources that are in the SFUSD. As a PI student, I tend to notice that we're at the bottom of the system and that we're struggling in many different areas, such as mental health, grades, truancy, and I notice that we also need more PI staff members. I think that bringing in more PI staff members would help us because we would connect better with them and they understand us, they know what we go through at home and at school. And um, I think that we need more resources for us, such as people and programs and internships and safe spaces, not only outside of school, but in school too. Thank you. Thank you. Hello, my name is Lenisa Mathil, and I am a Tongan freshman at Galileo High School. I'm going to be talking about the ed education for Pacific Islander students. Most of PI youth are strangers to their own background and history. We should be taught about our culture and language in schools. If we are required to take a language class, then we should have the option to learn our own people's language. Pacific Islanders get overlooked, and we should be taught of our people's history and be able to embrace it. Thank you. Uh, do I just speak? Yeah, you can go ahead. Talofalava, oh. my name is Carissa Tua. I'm a freshman at Galileo High School. And I want to talk about how us Pacific Islander students are underrepresented as a whole. One example is how Asian American Pacific Islander might mostly shines the light on the Asian community. And for another example is when we tell people what we are, most of the time people are unaware of our existence. My bad. Thank you.
Hello, my name is Krisha Tua. I am of Samoan descent, and I'm a junior at Galileo High School. And I would like to talk about the pathways and opportunities for the Pacific Islander students. I'd like to talk about how the only way people acknowledge us Pacific Islanders is by being athletes and musicians and nothing out of that genre. We don't see many Islander scientists or any Islanders doctors or big Islander influence like other racial groups do or minorities. We don't have the same resources that we need and that is offered to us as others. I want it to be recognized that we do want to be more than athletes and musicians and I think there should be more opportunities and pathways for the younger generation and our generation as Pacific Islanders. For example, programs that help find their passion out of sports in school and actually expose their achievements in other things others, other than sports music. Thank you. Talo Falava, my name is Sweetie Tangata. Um, I was here two months ago and we addressed the issue of the absenteeism. Um, tonight, I don't want to address that. I want to kind of educate you all because Samoans do not represent all of Pacific Islanders. However, Samoans are Pacific Islanders. So when you look at Samoan, yes, we are a small population. We are a small group of people here in the uh, city and county of San Francisco. However, when you look at us as Pacific Islanders as a whole, you're looking at Tongans, you're looking at Samoans, you're looking at Fijians, you're looking at Laos. Last but not least, we need to make some changes up there. I've seen y'all doing the uh, seat shuffle and moving around. We need the PIs to sit up there so that they can fight from within rather than us fighting from without. Faptai Laba. Talofa, my name is Fatali Tungata Jr. And I, that was my brother there. And I was with him when we came a couple months ago. Man, it, it's pretty heartbreaking to see all the, the, the data that was put up there, isn't it? Right? And, and first of all, thank all of y'all for being here, and thank you for acknowledging us, for seeing us, right? Hey, if God can see us, and I think we should be able to see each other, right? Because at the end of the day, it's just us. It's just us, right? Money, money doesn't matter when I won't have it happen. Money didn't matter. Status didn't matter. We mattered. So here's what I'm saying, right? Don't forget us in the spaces that y'all are in. When y'all are giving out money, don't forget us, all right? Because we're, listen, we... We are not a selfish people, as John mentioned, right? You help us, we end up helping everybody. And we got, I got a revolving door at my house. And anybody can come in who really, really need help. So you help us, we're going to help everybody. Because that's just how we is. We'll feed you until you get diabetes. <laughs> All right, so don't forget us. Don't forget us. Don't forget this face right here. Because the next time I come up, it may not be pretty for you. Thank you so much. God bless you. Man, let's have a great year. Thank you. I have four more cards. Uh, Tino Felice, Karina Ortiz, Marisa Robinson, and I believe it's Krishna. Good evening, Commissioners. My name is Tino Felice. I'm also a parent of the SFU. I'm a parent of a student of 
part of SFUSD. I'm also an NHPI community member at the Samoan Community Development Center. So all the data that has been shown by our uh, Makua Advisory Council, thank you so much. That's the data that we've been looking at for many years and we want, we want the support from SFUSD with all the programs that were provided um, to you on the presentation. As, as, as SCDC, um, I know you guys may have heard too, it takes, a, it takes a village to raise a child. For our students in our PI uh, community, it takes all of us here, all of our PI organizations to come together stand in solidarity but also to support our students and families within the school district um, you know we talk about uh, cultural um, you know cultural values and all this stuff uh, that we think that is needed in in our SFUSD um, we actually run other programs outside of school time so OST uh, some of you guys may know that they're learning that in different school uh, after school programs we want, we want them to learn it within the school system as, as well so we are both fighting on the outside but also within in, in the school system to educate our NHPI folks and everybody else too thank you <clears throat> hello my name is Hello, my name is Crano Ortiz. I am from SCDC, the Samoan Community Development Center. I'm also an SFUSD alumni. Um, today I'm here to support the Matul Council, also to support our CBOs, our families, and our youth of the NHPI community. Um, I'm here just to share that we do have a Kapasa Fatu um, community-based assessment, assessment by the community for the community, sharing our needs. Also, many recommendations, as you can see, that was in the Matua Council presentation and more. And these are our 300 plus voices of our people saying what we need, what, how we need it, and why we need it. Um, so please look, look in those um, pathways that we did share out. Um, and thank you so much for this opportunity. Hi everyone, good evening, I'm Marisha Robinson. I wear many hats, including this cute one tonight, but I wear many hats. I am, <laughs> I am the African American Parent Advisory um, Program Manager uh, that sits on the Ali team and I'm also um, a parent in the district. Got five kids, y'all. Um, and I'm also a community member that lives in Visitation Valley. And I say all of those things to connect the circles and the dots, right? So we know that Visitation Valley was just named as a historical um, community for our, our PI families. And that is, will be their neighborhood. And so we are excited about that. But I also say that to say that when they are moving and shaking in the community, they should be moving and shaking in the district as well. And as a program manager for the APAC, I know how hard it can be to lead some of that work when there is lack of funding and accountability and staffing to support all of the work that needs to be done. I also want to note that behind the scenes when attendance was brought up, they took the community, the PI community took it upon themselves to put in place interventions at the community level to increase and get their babies to school. And so when we know that they can implement those things at the community level, they need to be supported as well at the district level to implement those same strategies and solutions for their families. Thank you. Good evening. Uh, Pastor Williams, uh, born and raised in the islands of Samoa, joined the military in 1975, retired in 1995, retired out of Texas, tried to go back to Samoa to see what's happening on the island. It was not all that good. So I came back, brought my four boys. They all went to school at Balboa. One of my Youngest went to school, uh, the, the school right above uh, Sunnydale. 
But upon going to that school, he came back three days in a row, no books, no homework. No books, no homework. And I'm saying, wait a minute, this is why I left the islands. And here in San Francisco, guess what? We filed a lawsuit. Anyone familiar with the Williams Act? Can I see your hand? Commissioners? Superintendent? Williams Act, 18 years been in the books. It's a tool for every parent. I named it after my son, Eli Williams. Number one, to have sufficient textbook for every child. Number two, to have qualified teachers to teach and train your children, our children, your investments for the future. Number three, the making sure they have repaired classroom. That was a contribution of a Pacific Islander to not only San Francisco, but to the state of California. Thank you very much for that opportunity. And I take my one military hat off to all of you for being there, continue serving our community. God bless. That concludes in-person public comment. Uh, please raise your hand on Zoom if you care to speak to the presentation that was just given. Uh, could that be repeated in Spanish and Chinese, please? Buenas noches, por favor levante la mano si quieren llenar un comentario público con relación a la presentación que se hizo esta noche. Gracias. 接著我們去有一些網網網網上的發言的時段,如果大家需要翻譯的可以通知我們,好,你都可以發言,多謝。Can I talk? No, um, sorry, we've closed public comment for in-person. No? I mean, Chair, Vice President Wiseman Ward. Are, are you here to speak on this item? Yes. Well, this is my first. I believe that. Oh, one, uh, one moment, please. Um, oh, look who's here. <laughs> <laughs> We were starting online public comment, and this gentleman wanted to know if he could speak in person. Typically, we would say no, but I think we can give you about a minute, then we're going to go and end in yes. person. Uh, I believe the San Francisco School District are doing the best they can do because I got hired in 1984 as a custodian. And I believe all the teachers are the best to do whatever they did back then in the 95. And they're still doing the best they could into this year. So I believe that you guys are doing a good job. That's all my comments. Thank you. Rianda? Good evening, everybody. My name is Rianda Batiste, and I am one of the members of our parent leaders for uh, our tremendous support for the Matua Council. 
and to thank them for their partnership. And we ask that the board formally listen to their recommendations and actually implement them. When you have a community that can do what the board can't do, then you need to listen and you need to implement these strategies if you are truly committing to making a change within the um, communities. Thank you. Thank you. Ms. Marshall. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, to my former uh, team leader, Helen Pettiford and team members who I don't recognize anymore because I should retired now a couple of years. I think I thank you for this great report. I support everything that you said and your recommendations. My heart is sad though that 69% of absentee rate is beyond too high. It's unacceptable. And I applaud you for all the things that you were doing after school to the community member that was an API board member a couple of years ago, and a lot of those recommendations I see there are things that I know that he was vested in doing. So it looks like you have some young folks coming out of Galileo. I hope that they'll be considered running for student delegate sometime in the, in the next couple of years or so. And my recommendation would be that the board hire someone from the community to go in to make those home visits to get those schools into the schools, to get them back in school. Thank you. Thank you. Michelle? Yes, thank you. Uh, good evening, everyone, and congratulations to um, President Bogus and Vice President Weissman Ward. My name is Michelle Dijak, and I serve as the Director of Policy and Learning for Parents for Public Schools of San Francisco. And we would like to appreciate and support the Matua Advisory Council for their critical recommendations from their report and their steadfast work on behalf of all Pacific Islander students in SFUSD. It is beholden on the San Francisco Unified School District to enact how approaches and ensure it is accountable for learning goals so that students receive full and appropriate education. We are looking forward to watching equity continually unfold in San Francisco. Thank you. Thank you. Colette Vesicula. Thank you. Um, I'm going to pass, I'm going to have my son speak first before I continue. My son's name is Ratu Ilimotama. Hi. Nimbul um, Vinaka. My name is Ratu Ilimotama Rumbulisau Vesicula. Uh, I'm here today to talk about how my experience from the islands of Fiji, and um, I wouldn't say that coming here would be a culture shock, but I took it as a way to assess this um, situation in schools. I've noticed that there's no proper assessment for classes on international students, and um, there's some classes that aren't reasonable to be taken. Um, to not be taken for international students. Um, to be honest, for the um, my next talk, my next topic is for um, belt schedules. <clears throat> it's too long, and I don't think it's really reasonable for um, a 50-minute class, especially one hour. I think it should be shorter because 
um, most of the classes that I take, they're just stalling, literally. And um, yes, thank you. Thank you. Um, I'm, I'm a new teacher. I mean, I'm, I'm a newbie here. I mean, I've only just come to PD. My name is Colette Osipula. Uh, when we came in earlier last year, uh, we came in because my son said he wanted to complete his education here in the, in, in the US. Uh, and so I said, okay, I'm going to have to find out how to go about this. So we're here and, uh, you know, and I've just seen, you know, how the uh, difficulties, the challenges that he's had having to adjust and actually, um, you know, fit in with the uh, US uh, education system. And one of the main issues that he's raised is particularly to do with the uh, the councillors not being, you know, of Pacific Island origin. And, you know, it's very important that we have have, have a Pacific Island um, councillor for our Pacific Island children. I mean, I just endorse, basically, I endorse all the recommendations that the uh, MAC, um, the, um, the MAC, uh, the Parental Advisory Council actually uh, have uh, put forward. Um, I'm the secretary for MAC. I've only just been appointed, and you know, and I and hopefully we'll be able to work with all of you because I can see that you know you're all your contribution to the education system here is you know is is challenging, but you're all trying to make it work. And thank you, President Bogus. That concludes public comment. Thank you so much. Uh, comments from commissioners, uh, Commissioner Lamb. Thank you, and thank you so much to the Matua Advisory Council members and for all of your work. Um, I didn't get to ask the superintendent and the staff uh, before, so but I think it's um, very important that I put this on the record, um, particularly around the chronic absenteeism. We've seen this um, for many years, even before COVID. Right. So I'd love to hear from Matua, um, from the council, we talked about um, the power and strength of the community interventions. If you could share a bit about some of that work and where um, recommendations that you would have or are actively working with um, the district staff, and then I'll also ask the superintendent for a follow-up. Thank you, uh, Commissioner Lamb. And, you know, I just wanted to um, highlight that, um, you know, Commissioner Lamb was a big part in our first policy ever uh, in our city, and that was our Fasamoa um, initiative. And so I do want to, you know, um, acknowledge that and thank you for your work, all of you guys that are here. I know the new ones, you weren't here, but I know some of you from outside of these doors. Um, and I'm glad that you asked that question because as you guys can see, the programs that were created um, in that one slide, I'm going to keep it real because I'm hood. But at the end of the day, most of those programs were all created by the community themselves with no actual support, not so much of the city, and sadly and unfortunately not even here in SFUSD. We have one, the, our policy analyst, 
She is my sister, so I'm not going to talk so good about her because I don't want no conflict of interest. But she has been a great big help out there on the grounds because that's where we come from. We don't forget where we come from, no matter what our titles are, no matter what political stuff everybody got going on. And then I know we have, um, what is her name? Oh, no, Heavenly, yes, yeah, Heavenly, and then, no, our other sister's name in HR. Say Lala, you know, I, we all call each other sis and bruh, so sorry about that. But that's just three, right? And at the end of the day, you know, I can sit here and I could keep it real that I don't even feel that they have the support. And what's sad is, is that this, when it comes to our Pacific Islanders, we have the highest, and I don't know how many times I'm gonna say this like a broken record in the last few years. We have the highest of all the negative statistics out there. I don't know how many times we're gonna come and cry. I don't know how many times we're gonna come and get angry until people actually sit there and say, you know what, we're really gonna support. And so you'll find us here. I don't know if that's the answer to your question, but I would say the answer is we have had no support. We would like to see that change. As you see us, we've stepped up. You know, whether you guys knew it or not, or maybe a lot of you that do know us, you know we do this work outside of here. So, you know, how we can work together, how we can really look at this, and I'm gonna bring something up too. I know it's done and over, but I really feel since the recall, it's like you just forgot about us again. And we fought really long and hard with our commissioner, Faunga Molina. And so, no matter what, I'm not gonna sit here and, and bring up old wounds, because we are highly impacted from that. Everything stopped after that. But guess what, we couldn't stop, because as you can see from your own data, that's 69%, and look at how many students we have. That's almost all our students. So as commissioners, as parents, as people from our community, please stand with us as supporters. We're doing the work, just do it with us. That's all we're asking, so. And if I might add, and thank you for asking that question, it's definitely important. I said it earlier, you know, and I know people laughed at it because I wanted to laugh because to tell you the truth, I really want to cry. When 70% of your students, you only have 900 students, when 70% have absentee, Come on now, Houston, we got a problem. And it's the thing, you, you hit it on the nail, Commissioner, thank you. This is, this is nothing new. I graduated in 1985. There's really nothing new today that, wasn't, that we had going on back then. The same issues we faced back then and even before my, my graduation year, it's the same issues we have now. And why? Again, it goes back to how committed is this body and the school district. We have a lot of stuff that looks great on paper. The problem is, is there any body or teeth behind it to make sure it's being followed through? There's actually real resources and not being put in a shelf and people trying to figure out where the money is at so we can make some of these things that you approve to happen. And for me, I would really like to ask uh, the board to really support in that, not just for this initiative, for the Fasamon, all the other initiatives have been passed to help all our kids in this school district. Because I know for a fact, I hear it every time I go to meetings, there's a lot of stuff that's been passed. The problem is it just sits on the shelf and people kind of like just wait until years pass by and then all of a sudden it wasn't my problem. 
so it's not my issue. So to address your issues, definitely, you know what we need to do, Commissioner? We got to go into these neighborhoods. All it's easy to find where our kids and our families live at. We live in mostly 73% of us live in low-income housing. So guess what? We take the show to our parents and our students right inside those neighborhoods. We meet with them. That way we could bring them to the schools and educate them on the resources, what really is being offered at their schools. Make them have ownership of the schools so that way they could participate. Get up in the morning, get some of our community programs of people. Even we got to knock on doors, make sure kids are being transported to the schools because there is no way that 900 students out of 900 students that 70% of them are having absenteeism issues. Come on now. Look around this city. It's bad enough you rarely see us in any of the spaces that matter. Now you got our kids for the future set up the same way. That's not a recipe for success. And for me as a San Franciscan, a lifetime, and I know all of us have the same spirit. One thing about those of us that grew up in this city, this is a small old city, right? Everybody knows somebody, and we could all lend a helping hand to each other and help one another and uplift each other. So I'm hoping that this body that's before me would definitely support our community, support your staff that you hire to make these things happen. Some of them are running around with their heads cut off because they don't have no support. Superintendent, please, I, I talked to you when I first met you over there in Baby Hunters Point, right? And I talked about it. For me, it doesn't matter how many kids are graduating and enrolled in college. For me, it's how many kids are actually working and attending college come the fall. So for me, I don't want to hear all these data and all this number that's being, uh, what you call it, inflated. To me, let's really focus. If our kids are not going to school, how are they getting taught? We got kids graduating sitting on their parents' couches for two to three years because they don't know how to fill out a, a job application. Come on now, shame on us. We can do much better. This city, we have too much resources, and this city right here have too many bright minds sitting in front of me, sitting behind me, and sitting at home can, can, can really put our students and set them up to succeed and not to fail. And on the side of you. And on the side, I'm sorry, on the side of me. On that note, thank you, Commissioner, for asking that question. Um, <laughs> I know that we can all hear the passion. Um, we all can use uh, Alvarez and Marcel <clears throat> um, in this work. Uh, but uh, I just wanted to uh, support in, in, in adding additional information on uh, what, what the community is doing to, 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 to tackle the absenteeism. So in the beginning, we all were figuring out, oh, my name is Ursula Antiatanga. I'm an education policy analyst for our FATSAMO initiative, the one that's helping to oversee the work of the policy that was passed um, in support of the equitable services for our Native Hawaiian Pacific Islander students. <clears throat> and uh, when the chronic absenteeism data um, was revealed, uh, we moved into a realm of trying to figure out what uh, was in place in the district already. And so uh, we were able to meet with uh, folks that tackle the different tiers that we spoke about, the different tiered supports, tier one, tier two, tier three supports, <clears throat> and we were able to learn about uh, the different processes on when when truancy hits the right the the, the amount of timing that it takes uh, for for many of us uh, I definitely turn to community for support I turn to our Matua advisory council for support just 
knowing that it takes that collective effort definitely align with our goals the level of coherence of like knowing the transparency around what everybody is doing about this issue and if there is nothing that uh, the community has been prepared to, to move all they needed was information on what the processes were happening what was already existing and how they can help lift and I think that um, there's been probably nine schools that have reached out because they were aware <clears throat> from our leads of aware of the uh, uh, resources that two of us in the district can help support in and I think that's a uh, nine so we've been um, addressing as we go depending on the, 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 the admins and the social workers and the teachers that uh, and then just finding ways to, to address it as a team an additional team so hopefully that kind of helps I know that we're in plans of building out a campaign for our next upcoming year uh, something that we were talking uh, about like building a campaign around the first 40 days where our student, we will all as a community really build to make sure our students are in, in classrooms and in school. But we also want to acknowledge many of the community needs assessment recommendations. Um, that's aligned with our LCAP goals. That's aligned with our Mato Advisory Council recommendations as well. Just to note that there's other things that <clears throat> we can do uh, to kind of build that as well. So thank you. I really appreciate um, getting some insight to some of the work that's happening within the staff level and uh, really uh, you know, leaning into um, the community strength and the community work that's already happening. Um, so as a follow-up superintendent, I think um, it is essential um, that as a board we dive deeper around the chronic absenteeism um, that has been a trend for many years, um, particularly for our students, um, like our Pacific Islander students, as well as our African-American students and black students that we've talked consistently about um, throughout our summer sessions as we were landing on our goals um, and guardrails and us going into community. Um, so I think, so what I would like to ask um, superintendent is around um, what that might look like um, for a potential workshop um, as we're looking at our interim goals and those next steps. Um, yeah, thank you and, and good evening. I, I do want to say I appreciate this presentation. Um, <clears throat> you know, having gotten to know your group a bit and uh, your advisory council a bit and know there's a lot of work to do. And appreciate you connecting the work and putting in context uh, how our students, our NHPI students are doing relative to our goals for student learning. As a, so to your point, uh, Commissioner Lamb, uh, the goals for student learning are what students know and are able to do. Chronic absenteeism is really a measure of the adults, not of the student learning, because it, what are we and uh, our community doing to ensure students are in schools? But we do have a guardrail on serving the whole child, and one of the interim measures is around uh, chronic absenteeism. So I think as we are planning our calendar, we'll have, um, you know, we'll, uh, we'll, that will be a focus of a workshop, and we'll also uh, talk about the data uh, or look at the data disaggregated for our different groups, uh, including this group, where clearly uh, there's a lot of work to be done. I also want to note um, that there are going to be accelerated conversations around community schools, both here within the district and in the city, and I think that is also going to be a very critical opportunity around how we're looking at leveraging them and maximizing um, those partnerships, um, as well as with city resources. So I really encourage um, 
superintendent that you and your team are working with the staff with um, our advisory committees um, like the Matua Advisory Council around how are we looking at that maximization of um, impact of all the resources between the city, the district, um, and um, the strength of the community. Uh, Vice President Wisen Ward. Thank you. I want to start a, a big thanks um, and shout out of gratitude for all the work that you all um, did to prepare for tonight, but also all of the work that's been ongoing for a long, long time. Um, recognize it and see it, and now I think we need to uh, engage and act. Um, I have five, maybe five and a half points. I'm going to slash questions, and they might be um, responses for you all or for Superintendent Wayne or whomever you think is appropriate. Um, so I, I had a similar question about um, how the the data maps on to our goals, and I appreciate that you know absenteeism is is reflected in in sort of interim goals or guardrails. Um, but I'm also wondering if if we're can be really intentional about using the targeted universalism approach as it relates to this specific community as well. Because I think when we see a gap that is that wide, we have to prioritize and focus. That doesn't mean we don't care about everyone else. That means that we need to make sure that the, the resources are there. So that would be one um, thing that maybe we, we talk about in a workshop. Um, the second is um, I, I would love for our facilities team to think about um, the space that is currently used by the Samoan Community Development Center, uh, how that space can be um, improved, how that space maybe can, that, that how, how do we work with the community and that space to make sure that we're prioritizing a safe uh, space for the incredible work that SCDC does there. So I would just, I know that facilities engage in, in some master planning around um, what all of our facilities, but would really ask, since I believe that's a district-owned building, that that, that building be um, discussed and, and thought about. Um, the other, uh, there was a, uh, one of the recommendations, um, it was about representation, and rep we know representation matters, and so I, I would wonder if, if you know Superintendent Wayne or perhaps someone in HR knows whether, are we engaged at this point in any targeted recruitment slash creation of pipeline programs um, in order to maximize as much as we can getting more folks from the NHPI um, community into our schools in various positions. Is that something that has happened? And if not, can it? And then I have two more, but I'll pause it. I mean, uh, I'd have to, uh, Ursula might have more information than I do. Thank you so much, uh, Vice President, for uh, the question. So interestingly enough, before I was in this current role, I was actually a recruiter in HR. <laughs> um, in our HR, she left. Okay, so um, there is targeted support for recruitment for Native Hawaiian Pacific Islander uh, for all positions, so classified and certificated. Uh, and there's been work around uh, with this, this this team right here to start developing uh, crossover of um, um, information sharing uh, on the different uh, types of employment that folks can have here in the district and actual detail like criteria, what we need, and the, the, the beginning stages of cultivating uh, candidates for, for, for positions. Uh, I know that our current 
person uh, works in HR in the certificated, and that's been a high priority um, for a long time, finding certificated staff that fit the demographics of our student population in specific um, school sites. And so I think that that's still uh, here. Thanks, and it seems like you know part of it is a pipeline, right? So we need kids to be in school and then succeeding in school and then graduating, and that's something that us as adults need to make sure that we're making happen so that then entering the, the teaching pipeline or the para pipeline or whatever staff position is of interest is, is actually viable. Um, okay, so the last two points. Um, I just want to shout out the Kapasa Feteu report. Um, I had the privilege and honor of attending um, the rollout back in September, and then I, took I uh, participated last night in the Talawana Talanoa, excuse me, um, online, Zoom, and, and just filled with such gratitude for the work that has gone into the report. And I, I would humbly ask if, if, if my fellow commissioners have not yet read this in close detail, please do so. Um, it is a, a brilliant uh, work of data gathering through storytelling led by community for community um, that centers students. Two-thirds of the data comes from our youth themselves and really focuses on a strength-based approach, which I think we have to do in order to, to celebrate and uplift. So, um, And I would ask um, Dr. Wayne that, that our staff, your staff, really look at this closely because so much of the work has been done and it's here and I think we've talked about as a district, with as a district not working in silos, but we can't work in silos with district and community and so much work has been done here. So um, please have everyone read it. And the last part is, it relates to maybe something that, that um, Commissioner Lamb had mentioned and, and folks had responded to, which is these aren't new recommendations. A lot of them are not new recommendations. And, and I, I think this is the second time that Mac has been, since I've been on the board, I've seen you all. And I'm wondering whether um, there is an opportunity for us as a board to have um, like we don't need, to, we've already taken a lot of y'all's time, not just for being here, but the work that's done. But can we have regular report backs to, to us as commissioners on the status of these? Because I think we can't wait until we have um, Mac here to say, oh, yes, we did this, no, we didn't this. But it, I also think it helps us be, uh, we have to be held accountable. If there's all of these recommendations, can we get regular status reports on, on where we are in these recommendations? Um, I think that would be useful to me as a, a commissioner. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yes, I, I, I guess I'd say prior to saying regular, uh, regular um, status updates, I think more of what we need to do as a district is, okay, the recommendations have been presented, where are they going, right? And I feel like, you know, we had this theme with the APAC presentation as well. Our advisory councils are working hard, talking with community members, present recommendations, but then it's unclear, like, are, are they adopted or what, what are we following through on? So that connection, uh, I think first we need to answer that question and then we provide the update. The forum to answer that question is actually in our LCAP. The, you know, the LCAP is supposed to be representative of the, our engagement with the community. We have these amazing leaders who are out there talking with the community. If it's not showing up in the LCAP and we're not being clear what, recommended, what recommendations got in versus what didn't and why, um, then, then you know, it's really not going to come together. So I think. Uh, you know, yes, but first we need to have that conversation of where, you know, where are these, uh, you know, what are we committing to, uh, you know, based on these recommendations, and then how do we make sure they're part of our overall plan 
um, and connected with towards our goals and, and guardrails. So <clears throat> I know there's, uh, we'll, we'll uh, so this will be part of the, the LCAP development process. And then we would communicate back beyond just yeah. LCAP development. Well, yeah, we would because communicate then, back well, to then the, I've also know we need to do to need to improve our overall reporting on what we're doing uh, in you know uh, on the actions we've committed to doing. Thank you so much. I want to just remind commissioners that we are getting close to nine o'clock, and we have a few more items to go through. So we do want to make space for commissioners to give comments, so we don't rush through this. So Commissioner Alexander, please continue. Yeah, I won't. Hello. Yeah. Hi. I won't be long. Um, just three quick points. One, um, I just appreciate the mention of um, Commissioner, former Commissioner Molinga, and I just want to, you know, again, honor him. I think it's it was one of the it was really too bad about the recall of losing the only Pacific Islander elected official first and only in the city of San Francisco. And um, so just, again, to name that and, and honor that. The second thing, just picking up on this point that we were just discussing, was um, I think we need to figure out how to shift the culture, right? I mean, of all these advisory reports, because this, you know, again, like you come, we listen, we say thank you, we love your report, and then you come back and give us the same report because we haven't done anything, right? So that's not that's not an effective way of us to engage. And so I think we really need to think outside the box on how how this is working. I mean, one thought I had, and again, this is just a suggestion, is rather than having separate workshops, why don't we have representatives, when we're talking about student outcomes, and we're talking about third grade literacy, I want to know what's happening. I want some of y'all to be at the table with us having that, having that conversation and saying, how is this goal being achieved or not for our specific Islander youth, and how is it being experienced? Like, what's it like in kindergarten to be a, a, a Samoan youngster? Like, what are they experiencing in terms of literacy, pre-K, all that, right? So I just think maybe there's, maybe there's different ways of thinking about it. So rather than having a separate report, it's like we in, involve so, I, don't, I don't know. Just that's the suggestion, and then the last piece, which I think is related, is just I want to lift up what the students said earlier around language, history, culture, and this feeling of belonging. Right? I mean, that's like the the reason that people aren't coming to school is because they don't feel like they belong there. Right? I mean, there's other factors, right? But that's at the end of the day, if you feel like that was us, like your spot and you belong, you're gonna you're gonna be drawn there. You're gonna show up, and so I, that is that is our responsibility, and it's a cultural thing, right? It's not just about, I mean, there's an LCAP and there's all this technical stuff we're talking about which matters, but how are we going to really shift the culture in every single school, right? And I think some of those pieces matter. That's why I think language matters. Uh, we're going to talk later about holidays with another group. I think these things matter for those reasons, too, because they, they make people feel like they belong. So thank you. Commissioner Fisher? Thank you all for being here. And um, Mr. Nauer, I want to just lift up what you said about it feeling like this work going up on a shelf. Um, I think any of us who have ever worked in any advisory capacity to this board, really, that resonates. Um, and so I, I really want to thank you all for this thoughtful conversation. Um, to me, um, one of the things that I want to highlight that hasn't already, other than echoing everything that has been said, um, uh, recognizing um, in the my brief overview of this, and I will do a deep dive 
Uh, a couple of things that stuck out to me intersectionality was uh, what you highlighted as the gap of supports for our LGBTQ families as well as our students with disabilities in the community. Um, especially recognizing one of the data points, 29% of our Samoan youth, um, I'm sorry, NHPI youth have uh, received special education services and the district average is 12. And we are already recognized as a significantly disproportionate district for the number of, of men of color, boys of color, who are referred to special ed education services, um, particularly in the category surrounding behavior. So I think we, we have a lot of work to do um, in many areas, but I wanted to highlight that as one as well. Um, I think if I had any question to follow up on these amazing questions that have already been answered is, um, what would it look like for our staff, our NHPI staff, to feel supported at the schools where they are staff? What would that look like for them? That's the question I put back to all of you. Can you repeat that question, please? I have an answer for everything. <laughs> what, would it, what would it look like, what would reflect to us, you know, in order for staff to feel supported at our schools, our NHPI staff to feel supported at schools that would need, mm, right? We hear a lot from so many of our communities how, you know, when we're having trouble recruiting, you know, we're not recruiting enough NHPI <laughs> staff. Um, despite our best efforts. Help us understand why and give us some suggestions of things that we could do to improve the culture to make it more amenable for staff to work there and stay. You you know, I, I could start. I mean, first is what you see. For instance, all we have to look forward to when I was going to school as an Islander kid because we didn't have principals or people that hold those certain positions. So for us, going to college wasn't even the next thought. You know, we're already big. Let's just go cut, get some lunch money from the other kids, smoke cigarettes, because we're built to be what? Hall monitors, security guards, or in the military, right? So just to answer your question is, if, you, if teachers come here and they see folks that look like them in leadership roles, definitely, that's, the, that's one given, right? And then two, the participation of families, going back to what you guys said. I guarantee you, you give me a community school and put all them thousand kids in there, I guarantee you to come to school every day. Why? Because they're going to see everything in there that looks like an island, that feels like an island, right? That feels like I'm part of this. I'm not just a kid thrown in the mix. So going back to answer your questions, it, it all starts with environment and what the surroundings are, right? You know, when you walk in, your kids' names are, if you're a teacher and you walk in, you see Pacific Islander kids on honor roll. Come on now. I mean, I'm walking in there with my back up. Right now, my back is bent over because I can't find a name that starts with a vowel sound. No, for real. And, you know, we, and we can sit here because we understand it's the reality. But to draw people here, you have to create a culture that's inviting. To, draw, to, to, to make that culture happen, you have to put in place what you're talking about. 
Let's hire people that look like us. Let's put people that look like us in, le in, in leadership roles. But let's just not hire people because they look Pacific Islander. Let's hire some people that's from San Francisco. One thing I do not like, don't ever hire Pacific Islander because they look like me. Make sure they grew up in this town, in this state, so they understand. Just because you look Samoan or Tongan or whatnot, if you're not from San Francisco, you will not understand San Francisco. And to help our families, like I told you guys, you want to see changes? Let's go in these hoods, go in the neighborhoods, go to Ground Zero, meet our families where they're at. We can do that, but we need support, and it's a dual thing. We can definitely get the parents to meet us halfway, but first we need the school district to make that move. And what kind of move is that? Put your money where your mouth is. Hire some people. Put some. We've been talking about hiring people for a minute now. Come on now. Some of you guys, as old as me or even older, we've been sitting. This is not a new. This is nothing new under the sun here. We all been sitting here looking at each other for a minute. Let's start putting some of these things we've been talking about and make a make it reality, right? So to go back to your question, you want to make it more inviting, make them feel like they're coming to home. Hawaiians use the word ohana. We call our inga. Be part of that family, right? Make them come in here. Make them see our kids, our students, right? You know, don't just make them feel like, see, a lot of us that are Islanders, we feel like we're in a, a white and black world, right? That's, that's how we feel. The best thing for me is when I go to Hawaii and when I go back to the islands, you know why? Now I feel like I'm the majority and just not a, a leftover conversation when people are done talking about whites, blacks, Latinos, and Asians. That's how most of us feel. Right, and, and even my, you know, all my other brothers and sisters from all over the world that are in the same category. That's how we feel. So imagine our students. Imagine how it feels to be an Islander kid when you walk in and you see no one that's teaching or no one in a leadership role. Imagine how you feel. And then you go home and you see your strong mother and your strong fathers. And when they speak, they sound like some real leaders, right? But yet you do not see them when you walk in the halls of our schools in San Francisco. Anyways, thank you. Thank you. <coughs> Sorry. So what? I had to let my son know that I was in the meeting. And I'm just not out leaving. <laughs> um, so, so just to, to help support, <laughs> to, um, so um, in in SFUSD, <clears throat> there was a amazing push and advocacy work around with staff around implementing affinity spaces, and um, the Native Hawaiian Pacific Islanders. Uh, jumped in to hold affinity spaces uh, quarterly. And the feedback from the, many of the educators and some of the leadership that were Native Hawaiian Pacific Islander identified uh, is that being in that specific affinity space really, really created that sense of belonging. And they wanted to continue it on. And they were ex excited because it was being implemented in a district that is part of their job and, and not something on the side. And so I think that um, that's to uh, really help. And so that, that space is, we're trying to maintain that space to make sure that uh, that space is uh, continuing. And so just having the students present today and, and, and public comment that the, the, the staff and employees that are NHPI uh, identify as well, that sense of belonging, but slowly, but we're here. Thank you. Thank you. I think the question was how do we support our staff, right, that are NHPI within the schools? I think is um, one is them 
feeling like they're part of the school, not just an extra, you know, that's there or um, to depend on. You know, I'm not clowning on any of our uh, folks that have been, you know, security guards or hall monitors. Without them, there probably would be more violence within these schools and, you know, and everything going on. They help de-escalate and do a lot of the work that you guys don't see. And so I do want to acknowledge that. Um, but I do also, because uh, we, we always talk to them when we go to these schools or we do a lot of work um, in, these arena, uh, in these realms. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff that they see. And I think, you know, that if they knew there was other opportunities to excel, you know, in their career with an SFUSD and that it is, you know, going back to not only what you guys have mentioned, but what we have mentioned as well and a lot of our folks that um, in the community is just that inclusiveness, you know, making us all feel, you know, um, that we're included in everything, including employment, including, you know, that we're not just stuck right here in this one career and that's it. Like, you can actually grow. You can become a superintendent. Who knows, right? A commissioner. But because we've never felt that way, and we're not talking about all PIs. Everybody is different. Everybody has different feelings. Um, but majority of us and, and, and stuff and everyone that we do work with, you know, is that's what has come out. And so, you know, just to answer your question on any level, whether it's employment, you know, with SFUSD, whether it's, you know, students or community or parents, we just want to be included. You know, we don't want to be the little dog waiting for you to throw the bone no more. We want to be at the table. We want to eat too, right? So, you know, if if that's how it is, it's like I, I think those are definitely some of uh, the biggest changes that need to be made, not just here in the school district, all around our whole city. We're only, you know, and I say this a lot, that, a lot of times, and for me, being born and raised here, one thing I'm very prideful of being here, besides the 49ers, is, um, is the fact that I could come outside my door and we're so diverse. I don't care what you are. You know, if you're cool, I'm cool. That's my life. That's, that's being a native, you know, of here. And so, you know, I look beyond sometimes, or a lot of times, culture and race. I look at what needs to be done, what is right by the people, what is, you know, what is more logical, what is more realistic, right? And um, I would like to go back to that place, you know, one day in our city. And so, you know, along with that is just being feeling inclusive, like we, we can't, that we count, that we matter. You know, it's like, hey, we're here. We're just not good to do your dirty work or, you know, clean up shop. We're good for other things, too. So I hope that answered some of your question. Thank you. Okay. Thank you so much for your presentation and answering our questions. Uh, definitely encourage commissioners and student delegates to follow up directly with questions and please go visit and be in conversation with community. Thank you so much. I think at this time we want to excuse our student delegates who have to leave out. Thank you so much.
Okay, and before we move forward, we also uh, will take appointments from uh, commissioners. I have two PFCAC appointments. I will be, I am appointing Cheyenne Chen as well as Zirin Zhang to the PFCAC. I'm sorry, President Lamb, can you, uh, the second name for me? Zirin Zhang, I'll forward you both of their contact information. Thank you. Seeing no other appointments from commissioners, uh, we will move forward with our agenda. Just to remind folks that we did move up item K1 uh, to be our next item. And so definitely wanna apologize for the folks who've been waiting to give public comment, understanding that it's a little bit later than is ideal. Um, so our apologies for that and we'll work to get to it uh, as quickly as possible. Uh, but I think with that, we will go ahead and start item Okay, and Superintendent, am I passing it to you? Yes, and uh, we have Dr. Ritu Khanna coming up as well. Um, good evening again, everyone. Um, so this, uh, as this gets up, <coughs> um, this, uh, presentation are my, the recommendations from district leadership for a calendar process that supports students who wish to honor their cultural commitments. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, and I want to start by um, sharing some uh, background just for a reminder. Okay, can you go to the next slide? About where this conversation started. And uh, the start conversation started uh, because of a student, a student who wanted to share her experience and uh, had an opportunity to present to the Human Rights Commission. And so we talk about being a district that is student-centered. Uh, and so I want to recognize that it was a, um, a student who came forward and surfaced this issue of how we are honoring and respecting those who celebrate Eid al-Fatir and Eid al-Hadah. And I do want to acknowledge as I go through and talk about process and policy and procedures, that I imagine if I'm you know, the student who brought this up, our students out there, you know, that, that those words don't, don't communicate uh, and don't really speak to what they want to hear about that they are being seen and heard. And uh, you know, so I just want to recognize that as we go through this conversation. But ultimately, you know, that's our goal is to make sure all of our students are seen and heard uh, and that their beliefs are being respected and they're reflected in our overall community. Um, <clears throat> so it started with the uh, students speaking to what that would, would feel like. And then um, during the 21-22 school year, uh, the Arab Organizing Resource Center advocated uh, working with other students to establish these days as a school holiday. And so there was some initial work last year done to create a resolution to do that. And um, then it was, uh, with so much going on last year, it wasn't revisited until the beginning of this school year. And uh, after recognizing uh, how this could potentially be uh, an important step in, in recognizing the diversity uh, in our district, we also said, um, slowed down and said, 
Though if we're going to make, uh, take a step like this, we do need to be clear on the process that we're following. And we were going through changes in our board governance policies and at the same time wanting to uh, make sure that we're bringing forward policies and making decisions based on best practices. So what the board did is in September, um, they put the, the resolution uh, around those specific holidays on hold and directed staff, me, me and my uh, staff, to analyze best practices from other districts and present criteria for adding any holiday to the academic calendar. Um, so if you go to the next slide. So since that meeting in September, um, what, what has happened? So the board has uh, spent time, we've worked as a governance team on adopting our new vision, values, goals, and guardrails and established those governance procedures uh, and particularly established, uh, uh, I think what, what is relevant to this work is our guardrail on effective decision making and making sure that when we're making decisions that impact the community, we're speaking with those who may be impacted. Um, and then what district staff did is uh, we've done a lot of work to figure out what those best practices are. Um, we analyze our demographic data and attendance data. Uh, we research policies and practices in other districts. We reviewed legal guidelines for adding districts and have talked with key constituents. Um, and so we uh, learned that in other districts, uh, holidays are added uh, for various reasons. So if you go to the next slide, um, you'll see that um, you know, beyond the federal holidays, district may add additional days off uh, uh, from school to address attendance and staff, uh, attendance staff, uh, uh, to address attendance of staff and student, uh, this was the slide, <laughs> uh, to address uh, staff and student attendance concerns, excuse me, and to support um, diversity, equity, inclusion based on changing district, district demographics and community needs by recognizing days of cultural significance. Um, so. If I'm, uh, I'm going to turn it over to Dr. Khanna and to talk about the research that was conducted and what we found and what are some of the considerations that we should take when making this decision. So again, the considerations seen here definitely do not represent a complete list, but just surface some of what we have heard and said, read. Uh, changes to school calendars result in system level impacts that do affect students, families, and educators in different ways. Uh, for students, you know, any holiday, it's an interruption in instructional time, a general disruption to their routine, so it does hinder learning. For families, when school calendars do not align with work calendars, families also need to arrange childcare. And for educators, adding more holidays during the year requires extending the calendar at other times of the year to maintain adequate instructional time. Um, th there is the 180-day uh, California law that we also have to abide by. Uh, the second consideration that uh, usually happens in these cases is around equity and inclusivity. And, you know, uh, it tells you about the difficulties of justifying religious or cultural holidays for some groups and not others, especially in diverse communities. Last but not the least was, is the system-level decisions that are connected to the school calendar. Any change to a school calendar does, um, or adding a holiday, does have to be weighed alongside systemic changes to the calendar which can occur due to many reasons. Our latest reasons uh, do happen to be around the ongoing learning recovery efforts, 
Um, and then, you know, it, it will require also coordination with some of our community partners to make sure, you know, that we are still providing the childcare that could be needed. And then school operations like facilities, transportation, and nutrition services will also need to make adjustments for holidays. Um, Dr. Wayne has already mentioned about the guardrail around effective decision making, which is one of the things that is um, also to be considered. And then the last consideration is, how does the process for changing the calendar align with other activities which uh, require community input? How can we build it in? Okay, next slide please, Jatson. So what were some of the data patterns? And as uh, the superintendent pointed out, that there are two main reasons for why we you know, uh, add holidays, one of them being attendance and the other is diversity. Um, we did look at attendance rates. We did an analysis where we, for the last three years, we uh, disaggregated the data both by ethnicity and language groups. And we did it on the day of the holiday for three holidays. Um, Eid, uh, Yom Kippur, and Diwali. So those three, we did the day before, the day off, and the day after, um, and looked at the data disaggregated by race and by language groups, and we did not find any impact on attendance. The second uh, reason is very, very uh, applicable to San Francisco. We are a very, very diverse community. Uh, we do not connect collect religion information from our students. But I can tell you that we have like 25 different racial ethnic groups in our, among our students that, and they speak, the families and the students, uh, and all the students speak 76 different languages. So that is a very diverse community. Also at the city level, we could find one survey which was done in 2014, it was the Pew survey that actually shows uh, diversity in the San Francisco metropolitan area. That's how they defined it. And that's, uh, you can see that we have 48% um, of our adults who said they were of the Christian religious faith, 5% Hindu, 3% Jewish, 2% Buddhist, and 1% Muslim, etc. If you click on any of the survey or the diverse community, you can see additional details. Thank you, Jess. Next slide. So, um, next slide, please. Thank you. Now I'm going to come to uh, two best practices and policies that we saw in other districts that were really uh, really some good policies that we as a district should consider adopting. One was that districts established policies to ensure that when a holiday occurs, um, it, is, it is educated among the community. The staff know about it, the educators know about it. And this kind of a policy does support learning with greater flexibility for those observing the cultural or the religious holiday. So they did take into consideration all the issues. And uh, the, the policy that I do want to highlight is what Washington State did, where um, within their calendar, they actually have not just the 
the name of the holiday and the religious group, the date that the holiday is on, but also additional notes to actually explain the holiday. And uh, this is on their website. The link again is there, as well as uh, you know they do encourage that it uh, not that students do not get penalized for it. So they it becomes an excused absence. No major um, events are scheduled on the, those days. Um, central office departments and our school sites. Uh, are made, you know, should have those efforts to actually know about those holidays, and that's something that they have been um, pushing forth within their policy. There are other districts too that we found that have the same kind of communication policy, as well as acknowledging these different uh, holidays, and uh, we've put their links right there in all the other. There's Santa Cruz County, there's Baltimore, there's Oakland, and actually many others. Um, we also have a report in which you can read some more details on this. Okay. Thank you. Next slide, please. Yeah. If you can just briefly share the second best practice, and I'll get to the recommendation. Yes. yes, okay. Okay, and then the second best practice that I want to share is uh, around establishing a process to ensure that decision-making routines and community engagement are followed when determining district holidays. So in this, I do want to highlight one school district, which is School District of Philadelphia. And uh, what the district has really done is not only established administrative procedures on how to prepare a calendar, but also on how to include stakeholder engagement that is diverse in stakeholder group and in the demographic and cultural backgrounds um, and in engagement strategies to engage in this work. Uh, the next slide actually shows their process and the calendar. So it has, next slide please, thank you. So it has both the timeline as well as the structures and then their process to develop and review. So their cycle to develop and review within each, this is like an eight month timeline before it comes to the board. Okay. Thank you, I'm gonna turn it back to you. Thank you, Dr. Khanna, and I appreciate you and your team's thorough research. And so, in light of what we found, if you go to the next slide, I'm coming, uh, I, I, we have two recommendations we're bringing forward, and then we're seeking board direction. So one is to create a comprehensive policy on the recognition of religious beliefs and customs by March 2023. We did see some really, uh, you know, excellent policies, and we've heard from our uh, community members and students who said how uh, when, uh, if, you know, holidays are occurring during schools. They're not feeling like it's clear how that's being respected. If, if um, you know, if they want to celebrate it, and so we can, we feel like we can move on this quickly because we did find sample policies that that would be uh, our, our other districts' policies that we'd be able to implement. And then we want to do that, um, recognizing that Eid al-Fitr is celebrated on April 21st of this year, and so start to you know put it in place as soon as possible, so we can see if there there already would be a difference in students' experience on that day. Um, and then uh, secondly, uh, the recommendation is to follow a calendar development process to gather staff and community input when making potential changes, including days of cultural significance. Um, you know, I do see this as a major decision, and uh, we put on the last slide our guardrail around effective decision making. And you know, when we've done things like in the past, we changed the, the recently we changed the bell schedule and changed start and um, end time 
times, that you know impacts all of our families. We didn't do as thorough a job we need to as we needed to to talk with them to understand how it would impact in the ways that Dr. Khanna highlighted, um, like around. You know, child care, transportation, and so it's very similar with this um, issue. And uh, then the process would be based on, we really see Philadelphia as, as an exemplar, but we do have existing processes. We talk with our labor partners. Co uh, Commissioner Fisher has shared that she was part of a, a calendar committee in the past, and so we have uh, practices we can build on. So if you go to the next slide, those are our two recommendations. Uh, so this isn't an, an action item tonight. We're just presenting what we've learned and seeking uh, direction. And so we're seeking three, uh, um, direction in three ways. One, uh, do you want us to move forward with recommendation one, bringing forward a policy? If so, we'll bring that forward uh, in our March meeting and then you would take action on approving that policy. Um, recommendation two is do you want us to uh, you know, move forward with establishing this process to uh, uh, review our calendar and consider adding days of, of, addition, of cultural significance. If you um, you know, want us to establish that process, then the question becomes whether to proceed with it, um, uh, you know, when, I guess whether and when to proceed with it, right? And so, um, you know, uh, and so I think I just wanted to highlight to, in the end some considerations when providing direction. Um, you know, how moving forward with this is aligned to our focus on our goals for student outcomes, something we need to get in the habit of, of always asking ourselves. Um, here, I just want to recognize that the 23-24 the calendar is being finalized over the next several months. Families are uh, you know, already anxious to, to know what the school year will look like. Uh, you see, doing the process in the way we recommend will take longer uh, than that. So really, the, if you're having us proceed following this process, I want to be clear that that would be for the 24-25 calendar, not uh, for the 23-24 calendar. And then, um, just recognizing uh, there's a, you know, we, we will move more quickly on the pro on changing that, uh, the, our adopting a policy around how we're uh, respecting and recognizing uh, students' religious customs and beliefs. So we will, we can look at how that is impacting our community. Uh, and then just also we have when, just to think about um, if we're talking about facilitating a new process, um, you know, what our staff capacity is for that. We do have the high school task force going this year. Um, we, uh, you know, have um, the LCAP process that we're revising, and so just something to be mindful of. So those are considerations. You know, just one more time. So, do you want us to move forward with the policy? Do you want us to move forward with the process? If so, um, what's the timeline? Uh, and again, the timeline that if we follow the process as presented would be for the 24-25 school year. Thank you for that, Superintendent. Uh, I think now. We will go to public comment uh, on this item. Uh, we will give folks a minute each. And I guess we would also encourage if folks are a part of a group together that you can kind of pull your time together and kind of all speak as a, as a group, which is something I think we want to encourage folks to do if they're interested. Sure, yeah. We do have 14 cards for in-person um, and then whatever uh, we will have on, online as well. So I'll call folks up five at a time. Um, and again, forgive me if I'm mispronouncing any names. Aisha Majdila, Bushra Alhari, Sabrine Imter, Nawar Bahasun, and Shaheen Sheikh. 
press the button there and you're all set. Hi, um, my name is Ayesha Majdoub and I'm a student at Galileo High School. So as a student in the SFUSD, I'd like to start off by saying that growing up, I always thought to myself why Eid was not recognized, but most holidays were. I always felt a sense of like exclusion. Um, at that time, there wasn't much I could do since I was a kid, but now that I've grown up and I have had the ability to fight for what I believe in, I stand here not to tell you about all the things as to why Eid should be a holiday, but to speak from the bottom of my heart that this is wrong. My Arab friends and my Muslim friends want to celebrate this cultural holiday with ease. You can't know how someone feels like until you are in their shoes, and there are not many kids who know what it feels like to either choose to miss your work and risk getting the zero or to spend time with your family, or that one day unites billions of people globally. Even when you do take off, all you could do is worry. What is going on right now is a broken promise. You said Eid was a holiday, but I'm back in the same position on the same stand, reading from the same phone months later. On the SFUSD website, it says, and I quote, SFUSD's Office of Equity has district-wide responsibilities to ensure that all students are treated equitably in the district's program. Equity is equality being fair, and it is fair to say that Arab and Muslim students deserve to have all you'd recognize. Thank you. Thank you. Um, just want to want to share. Uh, thank you for sharing. And again, hearing from our students is important. And you spoke to some experiences you have that no matter what, you know, this year we the calendar is already set. So I am going to ask staff to contact uh, to get the contact information of students who speak because before, if the board has us follow through on recommendation one, the policy to implement this year would be good to get student perspective on how we can make that make that work. So just if staff doesn't mind getting the contact information, that'd be helpful. You can go ahead. Hi, my name is Shaheen Sheikh. I am mother of three, uh, three boys. We have been a part of SFUSD for past 20 years. And the struggle of every Eid, um, um, whether to send them to school or um, miss that instruction day, um, I can't tell you how, uh, how detrimental that is as a parent. Um, and this is not just a plea for a mother. Um, I'm talking about 250,000 um, Muslims that are housed by SF and Bay Area, um, 150K Arabs that are housed by Bay Area and SF, right? Um, we hear um, boost about our diversity, our city being diverse, and I'm proud of it. I'm proud of it. Um, but then again, why are we behind? Why are we behind New York City that passed this resolution six years ago, you know, open-handed, open-heartedly accepted it. And so did our board, so did our board. It's not a joke that our board here, sitting in front of me, accepted it and, um, um, you know, um, approved it. So I would really ap appreciate you moving it forward. I'm a public servant myself and I would really appreciate that um, coming forth. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, my name is Bushra Al-Absi. I am a teacher, also I am a, a, a family supporter. I, today I came just not only with my voice, but with my, the youth I work with. So basically we came last time and then there were a lot of noises behind there. So today I didn't bring them with me because I know they drove me crazy. And I promised them Friday night, I said, I'm gonna be speaking in your voice, guys. We'll do the best. But what they're saying to me is like, why they broke their promise? I said, they didn't break the promise, but they're thinking about it and they will do it because it's a big thing. So some days to be out. But you know, like first, we're not really talking about like religion holiday. This is like basically cultures. Like with the kids in my, uh, image in mind, is the days where they have happy days. It's like the Chinese New Year. We get money, we get gifts. 
also like a Christmas time. So this is the only thing in their kids' mind. And please, what I want you guys to do is to think about it. It's just not thinking about an adult, thinking about the kids. Like the trust they're giving to us, and they just they ask me, are you going to do the right job? I say, I'm going to do the right job. I'm going to pass this message to them, and then I think they will take that hold to, from the shelf and then think about it. Thank you so much. And also, Happy New Year. And I support the, uh, as a, the, the Hawaiian because you guys did it awesome. I love what they did. And please, think of us like that. Thank you so much. Sorry. Sorry. Hi, guys. No, hi. Sorry, I didn't mean to say guys. Hi, my name is Sabrine. I work as a youth organizer with the Arab Resource and Organizing Center. A couple of months ago, I was like at Barnes and Noble, and I came across like a children's book that was titled Amira's Picture Day. The whole book dealt with this dilemma of this young Muslim girl having Eid fall on the same day as Picture Day, and she was like so sad because she had like a whole fit planned for her picture, and it was like it was just like she had to like deal with having to prioritize Eid over Picture Day. And I was literally like, oh my God, this is the fiction reflection of what our communities have been fighting for in SFUSD. And through my work with AROC, we do programming for youth in SFUSD schools, and we also organize working class Arab and Muslim youth in San Francisco. And in all of our meetings with youth, this topic of the institutionalization and recognition of Muslim holidays and Arab holidays not being recognized and them not being able to like actually practice it comes up again all the time. And so it's like this children's story is not just like this children's story. And so I come today to demand y'all to side with the Arab Muslim communities that y'all sided with in August. Um, and in the face of these blatant anti-Arab and anti-Muslim attacks is just what it is. Thanks. Um, good evening, everyone. My name is Noor, and I'm the youth organizer with the Arab Resource and Organizing Center. Um, I was also a student at Mission High School, and now I work with Arab and Muslim youth all across SFUSD. And we spent the past three years working on this Said resolution and working on this campaign. And at every board meeting, you heard parent leaders, you heard youth organizers, and you heard, you heard Arab youth. Um, speak in support of the implementation of the Eid holiday for the upcoming school year. I can tell you that the victory we made on August 9, 2022, to implement Eid in the 23-24 school year has been a transformative experience for, for all Arab youth and Muslim youth and families who now trust in your leadership to protect this resolution. We request that you reject any plans to sideline, dismiss, or postpone the implementation of our resolution. Amplify and, and engage the leadership of Arab community members and youth who worked so hard to make this victory possible. This victory also taught our community members about the power of civic engagement and of showing up to the Board of Ed meetings. Uh, but how are they going to feel now if the Board is not accountable to them? Thank you. All right, I'm calling up the next set, and again, please forgive me if I'm mispronouncing names. Sharif Zagut, Sadia Kizwani, Dima Hid. Thank you. <laughs> Wasim, Liz Liebman. 
hello, Superintendent Wayne and delegate and members of the board. Uh, Sharif Zakut, born and raised in San Francisco with the Arab Resource and Organizing Center. It's important to contextualize why we're actually here tonight. And if we're going to speak to equity, then let's acknowledge this inequitable process that my community has faced for the last two years now. And to be very clear, we did go through a process, a process that added holidays on the calendar with ease until our holiday came up and then it became an issue. And what did that work look like? We had letters of support from the Human Rights Commission, UESF, Parent Teacher Student Associations, and many community-based organizations who are your constituents. We've brought the data, student-led reports, proved time and time again the cultural significance of Eid. We've organized and brought community members, teachers, allies, students to every single board meeting last year that pertained to this item. So not once did I also hear anyone named this racist lawsuit that scared the district into backtracking and putting our resolution on a stay and literally why we are here tonight. Um, so what more needs to be done? We've done all this work. Why is our labor being erased from the context of this process? It baffles me how racist and disrespectful this has been. What we need is champions from you all. We are asking right now, and it says in this resolution that we're discussing, that the resolution, the Eid resolution, can be removed from stay once this has been brought to the larger board. We have brought this to the larger board. We are asking you to please lift the stay from our resolution and bring it to the next agenda. Thank you. Uh, good evening, everyone. Just going back to the sentence you said earlier, that you are here for us and our families. Are you here for Arab and Muslim families? As Arab grandma, what can I tell my grandchildren when they ask me why we don't have Eid holidays at school? Especially after fasting the month of Ramadan from sunrise to sunset. No food, no water, nothing. And ready to celebrate with their friends, just like we have other cultural holidays, which we are highly respected. We ask you do the same for us. Arab and Muslim people deserve to be treated equally. And you already agreed to make this holiday. Why are you not sticking to your promise? Thank you. <laughs> Hi, commissioners of the board. Um, my name is Wasim. I'm with the Arab Resource Organizing Center as a case manager. Uh, we can't have an equitable approach without acknowledging why the resolution was paused, um, which is suspiciously absent from Dr. Wayne's presentation. Uh, this lack of acknowledgement itself is uh, insulting and racist. Last year, our Eid resolution was uh, paused because of this board, along with countless of black and brown students in San Francisco were put under attack by racists and Islamophobes. The board chose to buckle to pressure. That's why we are here. For your recommendations that we just saw to mean anything and for anybody to believe in them, the process, for it to mean, for it to be, to have any significance to anyone, the San Francisco communities need to trust you. And to earn their trust, you have to keep their word, your, your word on this. Do right by the folks who have been fighting for this resolution for years now, including the students that were, that were uplifted at the beginning of the presentation. Uh, you have this pending resolution. It seems like a no-brainer. We urge you to uh, implement the Eid resolution for the 2023-2024 school year. Thank you.
Hi, my name is Liz Liebman, and I am a Jewish San Francisco resident and member of Jewish Voice for Peace. I spoke at some of the BOE meetings last year in favor of making Eid a school holiday, and I witnessed racist threats of litigation against the BOE, claiming that doing so was anti-Semitic. I'm here again, again, anti anticipating that racism to say that those people and their viewpoint don't speak for me or for most Jewish people. Recognizing and treating our Muslim and Arab neighbors with dignity and respect is not anti-Semitic. I eagerly call on the BOE to champion the Muslim and Arab communities and to be the example San Francisco claims to be for California and the entire country. Respecting the binding resolution and implementing Eid as a school holiday not only supports our students and their families, but sends a message to racists that their efforts will not be tolerated in SFUSD. Please respect Please respect the over two years of work the community has done and make it a holiday for the 23-24 school year. Thank you. Hello everyone, my name is Dima Hindewi. I am born and raised in San Francisco as well as an alumni of SFUSD, K through 12. And I'm also a member of AROC. We were asking the board to move forward with the Eid resolution that we've been working on to implement Eid as a culturally significant holiday for over two years now. The Eid resolution must be implemented by the new school year 2023-2024. We've attended these meetings while fasting personally. I was one of the folks along with other community members and folks from AROC. And again, we'll do that again if that is what's needed. And um, we've stayed late nights. Youth have stayed late nights. You know, some of these youths start school at like 8 a.m., 9 a.m. A lot of folks are starting work early in the morning, so it's important to acknowledge. That was a lot on the youth, youth and on Bushra. And like these youth, this is a lot to sit through this meeting, but they're so excited about this holiday and implementing the Eid resolution that they will stay and they're excited to stay. We are here to ask once again that you work to protect our families from the Islamophobia and anti-Arab racism we continue to face and take the most minimal step of recognizing our culturally significant holidays and not to cave into Islamophobic and anti-Arab racist pressures continue to put continuing to put a hold on IE that only harms our communities and furthers racist backlash and goes against equity and inclusion th that are values of SFUSD and values that SFUSD claims to hold. Thank you. Thank you. Um, let me call, call the next setup, okay. including you, okay? Nadia Rahman, Leslie, Allah Hijazi, again, I'm sorry for mispronouncing, Lara Kiswani, and Karen Fleshman. Hello, commissioners. My name is Nadia Rahman. I'm a District 1 resident. I'm an activist here in San Francisco, and I'm a member of the Muslim community. The reason that I'm here today is to remind all of you um, for a point that we have all shared in the meetings preceding this about the Eid resolution. A CARE survey in October 2021 found that over 50% of students who identify as Muslim have been bullied in California schools due to their Muslim heritage. That's the reality for California students. That's not a departure from what our Muslim students are experiencing in SFUSD. Um, Supervisor Wayne opened his presentation with making the point that this was a student-led initiative. Uh, we heard from 
the um, NHPI community about how their students need to feel seen and heard. Muslim students also need to feel seen and heard. Um, we in the community know that a lot has been going on behind the scenes that is anti-Arab, is anti-Muslim, and we do, we're just asking you to move forward with this implementation. And you can govern well, you can practice good governance and figure out the academic calendar in an equitable way, and that's what we're asking you to do. Thank you. Good evening, everyone. My name is Lara Kiswani. I'm the executive director of the Arab Resource and Organizing Center, also a faculty member in the College of Ethnic Studies at San Francisco State. I want to express our solidarity to the Pacific Islander community as well as the workers and staff of San Francisco Unified. We're actually here to join them to say we need San Francisco to make good on its promise to equity and to justice and to racial justice in particular. I also want to thank the superintendent for your recommendations and presenting them um, to the Board of Education and I want to remind everybody that this is not just about recommendations for all holidays. This is also about making good on your promise to implement Eid as a holiday. And we are demanding, all of us today, for you to remove the existing stay on the holiday that you all passed. Um, we want to remind everybody again that this was, this was put on hold because of racist backlash. And now that you all have addressed the concerns of white elites in San Francisco, let's address the concerns of working families. Um, so we're going to ask you to address those concerns. Otherwise, simply put, the message you are sending is this is an all lives matter solution to racist backlash. And it is in, a, in effect excluding Arabs and Muslims. So you have a chance to do right by removing the hold on aid and continuing with the processes and procedures for all other communities. Thank you. Hi everyone, I'm Karen Fleshman, SFUSD mom, and I would like to echo the comments by Commissioner Sanchez about shifting the culture and how important it is to have, uh, I'm sorry, maybe I said the wrong commissioner, but the, the, that the sh culture shifts within our schools, that is what is going to drive attendance. That is what is going to drive participation. When on the August night, when there were full of young people, Muslim young people who'd worked extremely hard to bring this issue forward, thought that they were gonna have Eid, and then it was stolen away from them, they were devastated by that. What signal does that send to them about SFUSD and how SFUSD USD values them as students and as human beings. So do the right thing and enact the Eid resolution and grant Eid as a holiday. Thank you. Good evening. Um, my name is Leslie Hu. I am the Secretary of United Educators of San Francisco. Um, thank you for taking up this work. I want to uplift something that Dr. Wayne said around process, and that process is good. It's important. Um, and also, in this case, it's been really problematic. Um, and it's always good to improve upon. Um, and, and in this case, it came at the expense of a community, a community that's been historically and continuously oppressed. This body of leaders was part of that intentional harm and systematic racism in the name of process, which, by the way, is a characteristic of upholding white supremacy. I sat here last time, twice, where we had to go to midnight, where families and children had to stay here till midnight, bear witness to the blatant and outrageous racism that was perpetuated by this body of leaders. There is still a resolution that still that was at the time followed by the current process. 
and it's still in limbo, not being acted upon. This community deserves an apology and an action, and UEFSA stands in solidarity, in squarely in solidarity with this amazing community. Good evening, commissioners, um, and congratulations to the members. And thank you so much, um, President um, uh, Jenny Lamb, for all the work that you've done. Thank you for your leadership. You've been phenomenal. So I just want to thank you for your leadership. Um, I'm going to go a little over because I thought it was a two-minute um, uh, meeting, two-minute comments. Good evening. I'm Hala Hijazi, a former city employee for 16 years, a commissioner on the HRC until November 2022, and a Muslim representative on the SF Interfaith Council. The resolution was approved in September 2022 after being tabled and going through HRC, a three-year process. Now the focus should be on student outcomes and your guardrails. I'm not sure why we are back here again with the same talking points and recommendations by interest groups who lost a race for this governing board and who sell process as a guise for other motivations. I'm concerned that the recommendations before us are the rehashing of the pre-approved resolution and designed to create persistent obstacles to intentionally exclude this community, creating another kind of legal hurdle. Whether intellectually or morally, it is disrespectful and disingenuous. If it, if it was any other community, we would not be here today. This should not happen in the city of St. Francis. If cities in red states like Virginia can implement holidays, then so can we. I'd like to close by sharing a personal story. I, as a commissioner last year, and this happened when I was also an employee, I went to eat in the morning, but I couldn't finish my holiday activities because I was concerned as a commissioner that my absence was not going to be approved, that it was not going to be one of those approved absences. And I'm a commissioner. I'm a grown woman. And I had this fear that as an appointee, that if I missed a commission, it was not going to be an excused absence. So I can only imagine how the children and the youth and high school students are going through this. So please, keep your word, keep your promise, and make sure that this city is as inclusive as we can be. Thank you. That concludes um, in-person public comment on this item. So please raise your hand if you care to speak to the calendar process for cultural holidays. Can we please have that repeated in Spanish and Chinese? Buenas noches, por favor levante su mano si quiere añadir un comentario público. Gracias. Si quieres hacer algo, si quieres que a manfan que a que le me falle que tiene que ser ha. Thank you. Uh, there are eight hands up. Ten minutes. All right, we're going for a total of ten minutes. We have eight hands. We should be able to, nine hands. We should be able to fit that in. All right. Rianda. Good evening, board members and everyone in attendance tonight. My name is Rianda Batiste, and I am speaking tonight as a mom. And I humbly ask that the board honor the sacrifice of time made by students and family members regarding the observance of IE. At a minimum, while the board decides on the new policy for adopting holidays, then all students who would like to observe Eid should have a day off without penalty. Also, no significant event should be observed on Eid while the board is in their deliberating process. The students and families have spent countless hours trying to get Eid recognized. To grant the holiday and then reverse that decision based on a changing board policy is very disappointing and SFUSD needs to do better. 
please honor the time commitment of families and students as they are not required to attend board meetings, much as you all are. Please honor their commitments this year in whatever way it needs to be done to ensure that the students don't have any negative impact from observing IE. Thank you. Thank you. Gassan, G-H-A-S-S-A-N. Thank you. My name is Ghassan Rafidi and I'm a Palestinian from a Christian family. I wrote my master's thesis years ago about racism and discrimination against Palestinians in the United States, so I feel qualified to speak on this. I want to say that Eid, to say that Eid is a religious holiday belittles the diversity of Palestinian and Arab society in general. Eid is cultural. Our entire community shuts down for Eid because it's bigger than one subsection of us. Never once was the Arab community center near my childhood home open during Eid, even though it was run by my Christian uncle. Equity is only as complicated as you make it, and this situation is simple. Our community fought for years for Eid to be recognized as a cultural holiday, and now racists are standing in our way behind a years-long process that somehow never seems to end. If you care about equity, I suggest you prove it by moving forward, making Eid a holiday instead of hiding behind racism wrapped around a concept of process. I would also like to point out that the presentation given tonight was racist. We are not categorized by religion. We are many religions and many nationalities. To reduce or refuse to acknowledge that is racist. Justice delayed is justice denied. Thank you. Selena? Hello, hi. Um, my name is Selena. I have to leave because my daughter needs to work on her homework. So um, I just wanted to, um, I just wanted to ask. So I believe the SFUSD is proposing to have the holiday. Um, so, sorry, to have the um, uh, culture celebration as an excuse absences, right? Because I've been hearing um, a lot about um, like it's not given, but it seems like SFUSD is allowing that, and people need to be reminded that essential workers or hospital workers they only have seven days, seven pay holidays in the whole year. So even um, Black Friday, they're they're on unpaid time off to care for their kids while kids are uh, students are out, and our students need to be in school in order to learn. We are having a crisis with learning. Our kids can't read; they can't do math. So if we can have a floating holiday, similar to most companies, how they do it, align with that, so parents can um, can also earn money. We're all working people. We, we, we cannot suffer any more financial crisis while we need to go in for the school board meeting. We cannot have more, more days off, like have a floating holiday, um, have excuses, uh, excuse absences for kids, families that need to celebrate. Um, I'm, I'm in for that, but please be reminded that a lot of working parents, which is most of SFUSD families, they are working Families. Hello, Elliot. Yeah, hi. Um, my name is Elliot Hellman. I am a member of Jewish Voice for Peace. I'm also an active member of my synagogue here in San Francisco. 
And I'm here to ask you to do the right thing and implement the aid holiday for the coming school year. I also want to talk about why this matters to me as a Jewish person. And I want to talk about safety. Safety for Jews, for Arabs and Muslims, and for all of our kids and families. We've, we hear a lot lately about attacks on Jews, but what we hear a lot less about is the ways in which Arabs and Muslims are attacked and marginalized, and how the poison of Islamophobia distorts our politics. And I also want you to think about the message that it will send to the Muslim community members who've been advocating for this holiday for over two years. Think about how much it means to them and think about the message that it sends to them if their request is once again delayed or even worse, denied. So lift this day and implement the holiday. Thank you. I believe it's pronounced Yaya, Y-A-Y-H-A. Greetings, my name is Yahya Kaji, and I'm a teacher in the Bay Area and member of AROC. As a Jewish Arab, the importance of Eid as a cultural holiday that is observed by SFUSD is an issue that hits home especially hard. It is not well known, but Jews have been celebrating Eid for centuries with our Muslim brothers, sisters, and siblings. As Moroccans, because we grew up together in the same neighborhoods and communities, Jews and Muslims often celebrate each other's cultural holidays. My Jewish ancestors would participate in Ramadan and the Eid rituals, often joining neighbors and breaking fast every evening. The fact that Jews join Muslims in celebrating this holiday lends credence to the idea that this is in fact a holiday of great cultural importance and it cannot be simply reduced only to its religious significance. Yet here we are today, two years of working toward having Eid observed in SFUSD schools, only to see the resolution put on hold because of Islamophobic backlash that seeks to undermine any and all efforts for Arab and Muslim students to have positive representation in schools. As someone who grew up observing the Jewish holidays of Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur by not attending school that day and instead engaging in cultural traditions with my family, I would want the same for my Muslim community members out of respect, joy, and love. We are in full support of having a process for the inclusion of any holiday brought forward by communities. Now that a process is underway, the hold on our resolution must be lifted and Aid must be implemented for the 2023-24 school year. Thank you so much. Thank you. Nora? Yeah, good evening, everyone. My name is Nora. I'm an alumni of San Francisco. I want to first start off by saying I think it's um, quite distasteful to cite a piece of data uh, talking about how Muslims only make up 1% of people in the city, not even in the district, but the city. Um, if we want to cite data, let's cite the data that shows that 39% of Muslims in San Francisco make under 40000 a year. Um, OUSD has a lot of data on Arab and Muslim uh, youth. So I think it's time that the district set up, uh, step up for on that respect. Now, as a former student of San Francisco, I remember taking Eid off and I was a nerd, so I hated missing school and missing materials. And I just always had to do the work of catching up and communicating. And I felt like I was being punished for choosing to take the day off. And I had to do the work of writing a letter for my parents to sign. Um, so I'm asking you to consider that what you are actually as a district, what you are doing is removing the labor from yourselves and you're asking families, many of them first generation working class to kind of just figure the day, the, 
um, to figure out accommodations by themselves and just work through it. So I'm asking the district to step up. Um, and I think the best way to do this is to have the day off for all students and families so that students also don't feel like they're being punished for taking the day off. Thank you. Test parents for public schools. Hi, it's Vanessa Marrero. I'm the executive director for Parents of Public Schools of San Francisco. I wanna thank the superintendent for um, giving a thoughtful presentation. Um, we believe that access to public education is a fundamental right of all children. And we realize that a diverse community um, where there are certain instances that our community members are not feeling like they belong. And so we wanna make sure that we think about uh, solutions that will help celebrate them and celebrate the cultural fa fabric that make us who we are. Uh, at Parents of Public Schools of San Francisco, it's our goal to continue to support all communities who are most affected um, by helping them make sure that there's accessibility and that we're providing advocacy and uplifting their voices. Um, commissioners, I urge you to make sure that we keep our promises. Um, the board did adopt, uh, make a decision a while back. So let's keep those promises. And as we move forward, let's create um, policies that are not going to stifle educational outcomes for children while also ensuring that all children and all cultures are celebrated and honored. Thank you again for your time. Thank you. All right, Sarah, it's the final speaker on this item. Hello, uh, good evening, everyone. Uh, my name is Sarah. I am speaking um, just to have my heart to the so many young people and adults who are being forced to sustain labor on this much belabored resolution that is somehow yet to be implemented um, because it's gotten entangled with the board and the super, uh, superintendent's intentions to create new processes. And as a prior speaker pointed out, this resolution did follow all the established process. The prior president chose not to do this, but I hope that this new president will please make the move in order to please first move to remove the stay on a resolution so that it can be implemented for next school year. As this resolution should have been grandparented in before and while you and have your promises kept to this community and while you focus on creating process for future holidays, you can extricate the entangled e resolution as it followed all the known and accepted processes. This is a resolution conceived of and organized by SFUSD students to move our district towards justice. They offered the data, the interviews, the surveys, the conversations with communities most impacted. They had the union support. They talked to teachers. They talked to families. All the things that are actually part of your suggestions for best practices, which are being veiled as not being about Eid. Please stop putting the young scholars in the position of waiting to be recognized again late into their school night, and please move, remove this day before moving on. Thank you. Thank you. President Bogus, that concludes public comment. Um, thank you to the public for providing comments. What we'll do now is we'll take comments from commissioners. Uh, I think what we'll ask commissioners to do is to keep your uh, first round of comments to two minutes. Um, and after everyone goes, we'll kind of assess folks' desire to enter in another round um, of discussion. And I think after we finish discussion, we'll maybe take a motion to extend the meeting as we're getting a little bit to our edge. Um, is there someone who would like to go first? 
Commissioner Sanchez. Uh, thank you so much. And I, I too want to thank um, the public for coming out and speaking to this item and our superintendent for the work you've done with your staff. Um, I do want to acknowledge that there are legal issues and around this, obviously, and it's brought up in public comment. Um, and I don't know, I didn't give our council a heads up, but I wonder how much, if anything, we can share with the public. Um, my, it is a huge concern for myself and other folks on the board um, that we could entangle ourselves yet again in uh, a lawsuit that we might lose and have to pay a lot of money for. So um, that to me is really paramount in my mind. And I, however, am in t total support of the resolution as I voted for it, but I am very concerned about this aspect and I'd like to see if council can comment on the issue. So this probably will not come as a surprise, Commissioner Sanchez, um, but I am gonna decline the invitation to share uh, legal advice in a public meeting. Um, I will just reiterate that we've advised you, I think, pretty thoroughly. Um, and that's a, a discussion for closed session. And maybe that will be the last time I share that with you. <laughs> All right, thank you. Um, and I'll try to be brief. So, um, you know, I was the sponsor of the resolution uh, last year. I was an honor to do it. Um, and I just want to reiterate a couple of points I think are really important. One is that this is directly connected to student outcomes. As we've said several times this evening, um, uh, feeling the culture of inclusiveness really matters. Uh, there's academic research showing that when students feel a greater sense of belonging, they uh, have, have higher levels of achievement. So that's one thing. Um, of course, holidays are not the only way to accomplish that, So, but but they are a way. There are one strategy. Second thing is I think it's really clear there's a lot of community support, um, overwhelming community support from across um, it, you know, different groups. And I think just it reflects San Francisco values, I think, to, to honor this kind of a holiday. Um, the only major problem has been, and I think several people named it today, is a threat of a lawsuit. Um, and I think that lawsuit, what my understanding was it was premised in this notion that we would be, we were somehow promoting uh, a religion. And I, you know, I'm not a lawyer, so this is not legal advice, but I'm saying I, my, um, I don't understand that as a, as a non-lawyer because um, there's nothing in this whole process that has been about promoting a religious faith. It's always been about a cultural tradition. And as several of the public commenters noted, Eid is a cultural event. It's not, um, it, you know, that, that's what it is. And so, um, and, and that's always been our, our intention in this process. So I do think it's really unfortunate that um, we, um, you know, I just, I just think it's not, that's not consistent with San Francisco values to give in to racist threats, as, as folks have said. And so I just think, um, you know, we need to figure that out. We need to figure out a strategy. And, and again, I, not to, we can't talk about the legal issues in open session, but that is something we absolutely need to figure out. Um, I think uh, the, the last thing I was going to say is I think we have been through the process, as folks have said, and so I just have a suggestion. Um, because I do think the, the one thing we haven't done is the internal decision-making process. And I think there's, there's, you know, 
legitimate questions around do we want to add holidays in general, right? It, the, the impact on working parents, like those are real questions, but we actually haven't been through the decision-making process in line with our new guardrail. And so my suggestion would be, why don't we put out as soon as possible a draft calendar um, for next year, for 2023, 24, with aid on it as a draft, right? To say, hey, look, this is something, this is a proposal, it's on the table, we're considering it, and then really go through a process with our parents, with our staff, um, with the SFUSD community and say, what do you think, right? And we could get back, okay, overwhelming support, sounds great, let's do it. Um, we could get back people saying, hey, it sounds great, and we wanna add the Jewish holidays, right? Which is something folks have raised with me personally. But we don't, again, we don't know these things. Th those are just individual conversations because we haven't engaged in that process. Uh, or we might hear some concerns and we might say, okay, let's, let's pause. But I think right now we're having this kind of internal conversation with the board and almost like arguing with ourselves over it when what we really need to be doing is engaging with the SFUSD community. My belief is that this is really gonna, this reflects San Francisco values. I think most people in SFUSD, when they hear the kind of comments that we heard tonight, are gonna say, absolutely, let's do it. Um, and so again, I would suggest that we quickly engage in that process um, of getting feedback on the calendar for, for next year. That would be my suggestion. I, I know there's different points of view. Thank you. Um, I echo everything that you said, Commissioner Alexander, and would like to take it a, a little bit of a step further. First of all, to all of our Galileo students tonight who represented, thank you for being here, you know, for everything. <laughs> um, um, but we do absolutely need policies and procedures. You know, that is the, a lot of the work of governance that we're doing here is making sure that we're consistent. Um, there was a policy, and uh, not a policy, but there definitely was a procedure. There was a whole process that we have followed to get to this point. It might not be memorialized in the appropriate policy, um, but I think we definitely have a roadmap to turn this into a policy. We had, thank you very much to staff for all the work that you've done to benchmark other districts. Um, I think we have a lot of the information that we need, as Commissioner Alexander said, to very quickly get to the point of providing the policies and procedures that we absolutely need to follow to do this and and listen to our families. Hear our families who have been here year after year after year after year after year after year after year. Um, we, I also want to recognize that this past year, um, the calendar we approved actually had a significant shift that didn't um, include any family engagement. Um, in the 21-22 school year, um, we started on Monday, August 16th. Last year, we shifted to a Wednesday start day, which was exceptionally impactful for families. No feedback, no engagement. So we have a history of this board of this board, all of you approved that calendar change, right? So this wouldn't be the first time. Uh, um, so I, I think it's, it's, a, it's just frustrating to me to have this double standard right now. And that was after y'all went through the governance training, right? So, uh, so this to me is, is just having been on the other side and advocated so hard for something that's so personal, just this... I really want to recognize and thank everyone who's been here and everyone who's worked on this issue for years. And I'll stop there. And to the staff who's helped support this and move us this far, thank you all.
I want to uh, provide some comments. I want to uh, thank everyone for coming out today and all the folks who've kind of been engaged in the process. Also, the students and the community members who've kind of been engaged in this process over a multi-year uh, period. Um, I think the, the, the most difficult part of this process is that the reason we're here today and dealing with this is because we as a district didn't handle this right initially. Um, even before the students came with the resolution, um, the fact that this wasn't something that we were able to sense from community as being an issue and a priority, um, I think represents our shortcomings and um, the ways that we have uh, failed community, failed to see people, acknowledge folks, and really make our schools inclusive. Um, I think one thing that we've heard from our meeting today is that um, families, community members who are a part of smaller population groups in our district don't feel seen, they don't feel included, they don't feel respected. Um, and I think in a lot of ways this process has, has magnified that um, and really kind of doubled down on that. Um, and, and even to, to lift up the, the, the stain of the resolution, right, and just kind of what that means to the folks who've been engaged and fighting on that. And so I think for me it's just really important that we, we start by acknowledging it. Um, and also I want to just lift up the, the body of work and community building that folks in the community have done to kind of get us to this stage, whether it was the students, the Human Rights Commission, AROC, all the folks who gave public comment, went out and talked to other folks. Um, in a lot of ways, you did the work that the district should have been doing um, and really engaged in the process that the district should have been doing um, to kind of get us to this place. Um, I think that the biggest struggle, I think for me in this, is that like we, we change the rules in the middle of the process in some ways for how we select our holidays, right? Um, we kind of went from a process that was more informal, that wasn't committed to building community or making sure everyone was at the table. Um, but when this came forward, that changed, right? And so that was also part of our, our board governance process, but also I think it was part of us as a board seeing the limitations of what happens when we act in isolation without having the superintendent um, and his staff be the ones who are, who are showing the proof of the work I mean, getting things in order. Um, and I think the thing that, that I'm struggling with a little bit is the recommendations, I think, address the larger point, but they don't address the harm that the community has faced or the reason that we kind of were brought here today. And I think for me, like, we still need to figure out how we're addressing that and bringing it forth. We definitely put a stay on the resolution as we were waiting for recommendations to come forward. And I definitely feel that the recommendations addresses the overall process and how we as a district need to move forward. But I think they don't address the issues of the communities that brought it forth um, and kind of how we as a district are respecting the district, the different cultural traditions that exist, how we're educating and honoring them. Um, and so I think that is a little bit of the struggle of what we're wrestling with um, and understanding um, our responsibility um, to, to do what's best for the district um, and trying to figure out how to make sure that that aligns with um, us making sure everyone feels seen um, and included um, as we move forward. Um, and so I will just also remind folks that this is an item that we're not actually voting on, but giving direction to the superintendent. Um, so I will see if there's any other comments from commissioners, Vice President, Vice President Ward. Um, thank you, President Bogus. And I, I guess I'll, um, 
I'll, I'll start maybe where you left off, which was uh, specifically about the recommendations, and since you're asking for direction, and then maybe respond to a few other things. Um, I, I, I think since it's not an either or, um, I think that recommendation number one is really important. I appreciate that um, it is something that should be a relatively easy lift. It should help um, level set us, if I'm using Commissioner Lamb's words, I think you said level set. That might be one of your phrases, I just stole it. Um, I think sort of level setting us with, with our um, our neighbors um, and having a baseline in terms of what are things that like we should have been doing you know, a decade ago. Um, I think that for the recommendation number two, this is also really, I, I do think it's important. Um, you know, I've gone back and forth between one, wanting to know sort of how does number one land if we check in with folks in a year to say like, are these steps that we've taken meaningful? Is there actually an impact? And then thinking about staff resources and holding off on step number two until after we have some, some um, feedback for, for number one, so I'm not quite sure, but I, I think I would support both recommendations. Um, I, I think I, I have, you know, to, to Commissioner Alexander's point about uh, moving things quickly, um, and I think to Commissioner Fisher's point about we haven't, we, we certainly have a history of not engaging. I don't think that just because we have, if we haven't done something well in the past, I, I think we should change that. Um, and I think that we need to do better by everyone. Um, and so just because we were, there was flaws in the past, I don't think that at, at, from a from sort of practical uh, governance perspective in, in terms of what our roles are on this board, that, that we have a duty uh, to the district as a whole to be thoughtful and intentional. Um, and and I, I, I think in terms of whether this can get done in time for the, the next school year, what I'm hearing is that there are capacity resource issues and that's not the recommendation of the district and of, the, of Superintendent Wayne in terms of if we're going to do this, we, we need to do it right so that we're not here again. And I, and I will just say to, to, I, to Commissioner Sanchez's point about litigation, I mean, I can certainly, and I'm going to be very mindful, <laughs> General Counsel, about what I say, because um, I don't want to be deposed at any point. Um, but I, I think I may very well agree um, for the, the reasons and the motivation for a lawsuit being based in uh, Islamophobia and racism. And, and and hatred, um, I may, uh, but that's not mutually exclusive with whether I also want to make sure that we're not in a position where we lose a lawsuit, even if the motivations are problematic, if there's a legal basis in theory, I think that puts us in a really, really tough spot. So I, I appreciate Commissioner Sanchez's um, raising that as well. Commissioner Alexander. I just wanted to speak to the, the issue of the speed. I guess what I was thinking, just to clarify, was we need to agree on a 23-24 calendar anyway. And we're really late. I think we all agree we'd, we'd really like to have it, you know, this to have it done much earlier in the year or even two years calendars. I mean, that's how we ought to get to that point. But we still haven't adopted a 23-24 calendar. So I guess that's what I'm saying is we ought to get input on that anyway. Because as my colleague Commissioner Fisher pointed out, w if we move two days here or there, that's a different calendar, and that impacts parents, right? If we start on a Monday versus a Wednesday. So why not put out a draft that includes EAD, since we have to get input anyway on the calendar. Like, we get, we got to go through a decision-making process in the calendar. I'm just suggesting that we include the proposal in there and see what, what people say, uh, since we have to do that this spring in any event. 
So I wasn't sort of, I wasn't suggesting that we do the whole comprehensive holiday process because I feel like that's kind of been done for this. And I, and I do think as we move forward, we ought to have a much more deliberative and process much that, that takes longer and is farther in advance around holidays. Um, I'm just going to step in and say um, to appreciate the um, the comments that went before me and thank staff for the, the work that they did in putting forward these recommendations. Um, it's it, When this first came forward, um, the question was, what is our calendaring process? And there was no answer. And that is, it, that is at the root of what the issue is in one way. The other more systemic, well, the other also systemic problem is a continuing request by so many of our communities to be seen, to be heard, to be recognized, to have a place to go if um, they're identifying issues around um, feeling supported in their learning in our district. Um, so I fully support, and I'll use the term to <laughs> level setting, um, around what is, what is being done in so many districts elsewhere around recommendations number one. Um, both, both of them around impacts on attendance, but also like really around the education, because ultimately we are, we are a public education district. And the point is to educate our kids so that they both have a sense of belonging, but also so that, that everyone has a, as, is much more understanding of each other. And, you know, I shared earlier, my, my family, I grew up with a family celebrating Nauru's, like, and I, the, one of the assignments that I most hated as a kid in, a cl in the classroom was the family tree. I hated that assignment because I had a very, like, unusual background for the classroom setting that I was in. And it also was around a lot of political unrest and a lot of um, hostility towards um, the culture and the, um, the country that half of my family is from. And that, the holiday conversation, what I really craved was inclusion and an understanding of who we are and a sense of belonging and some interest other than um, hostility towards um, my outing for my background. And so for me, a lot of what comes up for me is really around what are we doing as an educational institution? So, I mean, our earlier, our, what we heard from our um, advisory um, group this earlier today has been said again and and again and again. So what are we doing? And so this is what like I'm I, I'm when I look at recommendation number one, I honestly like while it's level setting, it's a freaking heavy lift for this district. This district has not done that. It's clear to me. Um, and so I really want to applaud like. The codification, like we're we are going to do this, we are going to report back, we are going to tell you how this is working, and the calendaring process is part of that. So um, I am very much in support, support of one A and one B, and and again, like I I also do not want to be disposed. Um, I do think our process to date has not. I am sorry 
I am sorry for the process that you all have gone through. This has not been um, pleasant for anyone. And the back and forth and the feelings of being strung along. So I really think if we're going to do this, we're not going to do it once. This is a process where we, we go, we actually establish a calendaring process, we look at criteria, and we invite all to be part of that. And that needs to be something that we iterate over time. It's not a once, as one and done, set it and forget it. Our communities change, our needs change. So the fact that I could not get an answer to our calendaring process, nor our calendaring timeline, is, is incredibly problematic and until that gets resolved we're not going to resolve anything so um, I am sad to say 1a and 1b are a heavy lift as it is especially given the resources and um, you know if you look at our agenda today uh, you know empower remains a standing agenda item um, we still haven't hired adequately to address our payroll issues. We're doing our best. The superintendent is, is working hard on that and progress is being made. But I just want to acknowledge where we are as a district and, and where I'd like us to focus on the educational parts and what our students need as far as like their sense of belonging and getting them to want to come and be at school and feel like they can participate as, as their whole self. So that's where I'm at. I wanted to provide some brief comments that so much of um, has already been said by my colleagues. I want to thank the public and the community um, for their work, um, for not just turning out this evening, but for the years of engagement um, and to our students. And to thank you to the superintendent and the staff for um, the work. I mean, it is absolutely essential that our students and families do feel recognized, supported, and respected in this district, and it is so clear that the district continues to not fulfill its promise and delivering on those most basic um, values of inclusion. And it's been really challenging and difficult. You know, I'm a now um, a parent of a 10th grader, so I've been in the district now. Can I? What, I can't even think how many years now. Thirteen. Thirteen. Thank you. I'm like, oh, what's the math after all these? And to see that we heard earlier tonight from our advisory, right, for decades, um, really not necessarily feeling that there has been those systemic changes, and that is something that I carry every day to this work. And I also want to apologize. And apologize to the community, apologize for the fact that this district didn't have and doesn't have strong processes and systems in place. Um, from the most basic systems of paying our staff on time, in full, and recognizing them for their work and their dignity. And that is what, this is throughout the themes. And so with that, I am in support of the superintendent's recommendation. Uh, we absolutely need the administrative procedures in implementing a district-wide system um, for these changes. And that 
I want to continue on that implementation um, and at the same time um, really also want to recognize um, the position and the resources right now that the district has. So um, that is, um, I want to be able to share, um, but I want to appreciate my colleagues and all the um, remarks and, and discussion that they've brought forward tonight. Is there more direction that you need, Superintendent? No, so I think what I, uh, I guess I hear that to follow through with recommendation one and two as presented. Can I make a follow-up So one of the things that I've heard looking in and, and we're getting into the, the goals of the governance related to the vision, values, goals, and guardrails, right? So we talk about those goals being SMART goals, right? I think part of the problem that we run into here is we, you know, to use, we've used the roadmap analogy, we're talking at the 10,000 foot view, right? We're, we're talking up at the airplane level. We talk in vagaries here, and the rubber meets the road literally at our school sites in the, in the, specific, the specificity and the details. So smart, specific, measurable, actionable, realistic, time-bound. I haven't heard anything time-bound yet. And I, that's not true. That's not fair to frame it that way. Um, I've heard the proposal of, you know, coming back next year with a, you know, smart goals, specificity, I guess. I think we're still talking in the vagaries. And that's, that's why, in my experience as a parent advocate in this district, in my experience as a special education advocate, when you talk about progress monitoring in an IEP, unless you have a specific goal that you're monitoring against, specific, you make no action in your IEP and in your educational progress. Same thing here, just on a larger scale. I think we need to get to the point about talking in much more specificity of what you, superintendent, will be doing as well as what we expect the staff to be doing to support you um, here and more generally. So thank you. I, was that a question or? I think you could. Uh, yeah. Okay. It was a comment, not a question. Okay. Thank you so much, commissioners, for your comments. Thank you so much to the public for coming out. I, I think one thing also I think I, I want to lift up before we transition is I think just the need for the importance to stay on this issue and for it to be something that is on the, the front of the board's mind as we go through this process and figure out how to handle kind of the existing policy uh, that we passed and kind of have made um, amendments to. Um, and also just to say, just figuring out a way for us to also as a board be in community having some of these conversations so they don't just rest here at the board level so we can have more dialogue, more discussion as we have more action um, as we try to make sure we're including um, all the communities we have in our district. Yes. So just to clarify, so the proposal is to wait until 24, or wait until next year. Is that the, just to be clear with, no. that's the recommendation that you're saying. I just want to make sure that folks understand what's being discussed. We actually don't understand anything that has been very demoralizing in the So I think we can talk about the process we can talk about approving the resolution and, make, and, and implementing it, as you said publicly and privately to all of us. I think 
going to ask folks in the public if you could please refrain from uh, having comments. I think the superintendent was preparing to respond to the commissioner's comments. Um, so, uh, uh, Mr. Steele, could you put the presentation back on? Just because I, yeah. again, because I also mentioned I was proposing something which was moving quickly with a draft calendar for 23-24 that includes Eid, and I don't want people to be confused that that's Right, because I didn't hear, I, don't think, I like I said, when, right, I, right. So I when I'm asking for direction clear. from yes. the majority of the board, right. I, what I heard, that's why I repeated at the end, what I heard the majority of the board right. say is follow up on recommendation and recommend, recommendation one and two as presented. So that's why I wanted to bring those up. So one would Which be. Which was not what I suggested. I just want to be clear. And I'm correct. Okay with, I'm respectfully disagreeing, but I just wanted to be yeah. clear with everybody. So, so one is, again, bringing forward the policy. So we'll talk about this in, at the March meeting. And then two is following a calendar development process to gather staff and community input when making changes. And under that, it says, um, you know, we, we would base it on best practices identified in our report. So then if you go, can you pull up? Or? Are you doing screen? Do you always do screen sharing? Or, well, so what, it's, what it says is, you know, then if you go to the slide before, um, you know, April, because again, we want, do want to be timely, April would be when we would start, um, uh, you know, really needing to start to bring together the committee, then, it, then it's May to the next November that the committee does its work to bring forward um, to the district staff and then to the board in January to approve a two-year calendar. And in that, uh, you know, in that process where, it, you know, the part that, that I think reflects what the board has wanted is it includes students, families, community, and staff across different demographics and cultural groups using various input methods. And then what I, what I did hear saying, because I, I wasn't sure where this would go, is you are saying, that's why I was affirming, you're saying you want me to, uh, and staff to move forward with that process, but it, as recommended, it would be on this timeline. Okay, and so that will end board discussion on this matter, uh, and we'll close out our conversation here. Uh, at this time, we will move to public comment. Um, and yeah, public comment for non-agenda items, I believe. Yeah, we are moving to item H. We took item K1 out of order. Now we're back in order to item H, and we'll start with uh, public comment based on the cards we have, that we have. Thank you, uh, President Bogus. We have 12 cards for in-person. Yeah, actually, before we move to public comment, if I could have a motion to extend the meeting. So moved. Second. Almost done. Roll call vote, please. Commissioner Alexander? Yes. Vice President Bogus? Yes. Commissioner Fisher? Yes. Commissioner Lamb? Yes. Commissioner Wiseman Ward? Yes. Commissioner Matamidi? Extending oh, the meeting. Yeah. <laughs> Commissioner Sanchez, six eyes for extending the meeting. 
Thank you for that, commissioners. Uh, and so now we'll go to public comment. And thank you to the public for waiting uh, and being patient. And we will give a minute per person. OK, I will be calling the first five up to the dais, please. Kevin Zanz, I believe. Um, Mel Chen. Rafael Picasso. Kwai Ng. And Shui Liang, Shui Han Liang, I believe. I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing. Yeah. You can step up to the dais if your name is called. I know. <laughs> I don't think they're here. Okay. Suzanne Taviansky. Steve Zullinger. Zullinger, excuse me. Neil Chazen. Jody. Delvin. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Lydia Visser. What? You can go ahead and step up to those who were called. Thank you. You have one minute each. Thank you so much. I turned it off. Uh, I guess I'm going to go off script. Um, my name's Lydia Visser. Thank you so much for being here. I'm a parent at Harvey Milk Civil Rights Academy, a second grader and incoming kindergartner next year. Um, earlier in your presentation, Superintendent Wayne, you had showed some lovely photos and videos of schools that you had visited this year, and it was really great to see. Um, I think there were at least 12 of us who came in October to uh, one of your town halls and met you, and we really wanted you to come see our school, and we've been trying and trying. I know you were invited several times, and it hasn't happened yet, and our school is at serious risk of closure. EPC closed one of our only two kindergartners, kindergarten, excuse me, last year, um, basically based on a sole data point, which is first preference requests, and that's not how the lottery enrollment is supposed to work. Um, we're very frustrated by the lack of transparency and clarity. Okay, I didn't get through any of that. Hopefully you guys can finish. Thank you. It's on. Uh, no, it's off. Right. Hey, uh, my name is Neil Chazen. I'm a parent of a current second grader at Harvey Milk and an incoming kindergartner. Um, basically, I'll go on and talk about what I wasn't going to talk about so much, but using first choice from a lottery system that we know is broken to decide what schools to have more uh, people in it doesn't make any sense. We know what the system is broken. In 2020, we were presented the new lottery system that was proposed to start the next school year, and now it's delayed and delayed. So essentially, um, using a broken system to uh, propagate data to another system yields, yields another broken system. Anyway, we have a really small school, and the small school feels the burden of these decisions a lot more than a big school. Uh, our staff and our children feel these things. Uh, our school was newly renovated, finished in 2020. We have windows that opened and air filtration to keep our students and staff healthy. Basically. Um, I feel that keeping us at one kindergarten is setting the school up to failure uh, and setting up our students for failure. Hi. Everybody shake around a little bit so you can still listen. My name is Jody Gelbman. I'm a parent at Harvey Milk. Um, Last year, the decision was made to close one of our kindergarten classes. We had 60 people who listed us one through three in their top tier choices, yet we were still 
uh, one of our kindergarten classes was closed. We asked EPC a ton of times to give us some data on why that happened and we were given the runaround. This year at our PFC meeting, last week, we asked an EPC representative to come forth. We, they were supposed to come. On our Zoom meeting, they were not there. We were instead given the interim CFO Anne-Marie Gordon. Miss Gordon informed us that the only way we're going to get our second kindergarten class back is if we get 44 families to list us first. That's not a lottery. That's not a, what's on your website. So it's false advertisement for our families who really are putting things like language immersion in these schools and think Harvey Milk is an awesome choice and I want that school. But it's a shame that we're going to close the only school, one of two, in the country that's named after a civil rights icon, Harvey Milk, Civil Rights Academy, and we're just going to close it. All we're asking for is give us the opportunity to fill the second class. Consider first through third choices. Don't just make us go off a system that's not actually a lottery when you advertise to be a lottery. Thank you. Sorry. <clears throat> Hi, my name is Steve Zwillinger. I'm a parent at Harvey Milk. This forum is impossible to stand out uh, and to be heard and really looked at. It's impossible. Uh, the, four, the people that talked about such worthwhile, meaty things that you all were incredibly involved in, how can you possibly involve in our unbelievably important thing to us? This forum does not work for us to get our message across. We need to meet with you personally. We've tried for the last six months. Two times we were disappointed. Can, you, can someone tell me today, one of you, how can we possibly meet with you personally and talk at length about what, what's going on in our school? Because it's not happened, and we need it to happen. We need you to listen, and we need it personally. This forum is crazy for that to happen. So how do we, someone answer me, please. I need an answer before I leave. I've been here since 6.30. I need an answer. Can I ask the superintendent? Um, yes, so uh, we're going through our process of setting capacities. I do recall meeting the Harvey Milk family, and we need to sit out. Uh, to, I mean, I need to get out for a visit. And as part of that process, I heard the lack of transparency around how decisions were being made, so ensured that, you know, wanted to ensure that there was a conversation with staff. Obviously, that conversation raised, uh, you know, uh, while you, you you know saw the process that were being used there's further questions and concerns so you're right this wouldn't be the forum for to have that discussion so I'll make sure we'll follow up about where the next step would be around that Who so are you going to follow up with because we've heard that from you before well you just had the meeting last week correct we heard from you when we met with you you said you would meet with us and you didn't so we'll, we'll follow up that that uh, I'll follow up right after this I just also want to remind the public that we're not allowed to respond to public comment, to have a back and forth, but I would also just like to say that if people are interested in having commissioners come to their school sites and listen to them, we aren't the people to fix all the problems, but we definitely want to listen to the concerns. So if you'd like me to come to your school site and talk to your school community, feel free to re reach me via email and we'll definitely come out and engage in conversations and hopefully help figure out how we can make all these things work a little bit better for us. And with that, I believe 
I have another I do have two more out. cards. Supriya Ray and Karen Fleshman, go ahead. Okay, thank you so much for sticking around. Uh, Karen Fleshman, FSUSD mom and anti-racism educator. I have serious concerns that for political reasons, the high school task force has been set up to rubber stamp merit-based admissions at Lowell High School to maintain the status quo in the interest of those it benefits to the detriment of all other SFUSD students. There was no application process to serve on the task force. Its members were announced on the day of its first meeting. At their most recent meeting, there were four public commenters, three pro-merit-based admissions people, and me. They're holding three public input meetings next month that are not well publicized, none are located in a black neighborhood. They're looking at the trajectory of the class of 2022, not the class of 2017 or the class of 2012, and what the long-term outcomes are for SFUSD graduates. Currently, only 58% of SFUSD graduates are college and career ready. And among black students, it's 25%. Among Latinx, 32%. We heard tonight how our NHPI students are faring. This is unconscionable. The high school task force could do something tremendously important and necessary, which is shift the culture of SFUSD and end our 150-year-plus legacy of racial inequity. It has to stop. We have to redesign our high school system to ensure 100% of SFD, SFUSD graduates graduate into the college or career of their choice, and that should be perfectly possible in the city that is so wealthy, innovative, and privileged. There Thank should you. be a positive outcome for every graduate. Thank you. Hello again. I wanted to comment and stayed for general public comment in part because I wanted to address something that some other folks have brought up in different ways, how hard it is to make public comment to this board and to get through to the board and the district. I grew up with a single parent. We lived in very difficult circumstances. One of the reasons I come to these meetings over and over again is because my mother could never have done this type of thing. And so I would like you to bear in mind how you can actually reach the community. And it's not mainly through this public comment process. As someone just pointed out, it's 10, you know, 45 now, and most people are not able to do this. I'm fortunate in that I have a flexible work schedule and an ability, a partner who can stay at home with my kids while I'm here. And many people don't have that. So I would urge you to please go out into the community as you did with the goals, vision, values, guidelines process. At least that brought the board to schools and gave a greater opportunity for people to comment. Just find other ways to help. Thank you. Okay, please raise your hand if you care to speak to this item. Can that be repeated in Spanish and Chinese? General public comment. Por favor, levante su mano si quiere hacer un comentario público. Thank you. Shy? Yes? Do you care to speak to general public comment? Uh, yes, can I start right now? You can. Thank you. Um, as a San Francisco Unified School employee, I would like to know, can you hear what the employer want and do you care of your employee need? 
city of San Francisco and the state of California always mention about eco and fair. The, the district give our employer an eco income like other departments in the city of San Francisco. As a 2708 custodian, we receive about 17% less than other departments in San Francisco. Are you telling me that is what eco and fair mean in the district? Um, please take action to waste our income by telling us what is the eco and fair right now. Um, thank you. Thank you. Ms. Marshall? Yes. Thank you, Mr. Steele. Uh, first, I want to say congratulations to our President Bogus, Vice President Wiseman Ward. Congratulations Sorry. to Mr. Fisher, uh, Board Commissioner, Superintendent Mack. I'm very concerned, like the other folks ahead of me, are concerned about the lateness of public comment. If I had my small children now, now I have the grandkids, I would not be able to come to these, pu these um, public comments, which are so important to hear what's going on and in, in, in within the school district. One board, I think it was when President Walton was on the board on the, on the, on the, as a commissioner, they voted to have public comment begin one hour after the scheduled meeting. For instance, you will start public comment at 7.30. I hope that you consider doing this, and also I think that you should always have public comment along with town halls. And some of those town halls will look to be very empty to me, particularly in the high schools. I think folks probably came to the elementary to the elementary schools. I was very happy to see Superintendent Mack that she went to automotive. I believe that a child should finish high school having a choice, either going to college or earning a living, and we do that through the careers. Automotive is a great one. We used to have a very an excellent. Uh, catering program, and I hope that we all that we that we give to the students again a choice: uh, the college education, which is so expensive now, or careers. Thank you. Thank you, Selena. Hi, um, thank you. So yes, um, I wanted to um, just uh, um, say San Francisco is a diverse city and we have unique names and I do see you struggling calling some names. Please consider having names on the large TV display, display so people can see their names being called to speak because we also have people who are hard of hearing or hard of seeing. So it'll be good if they can see that. And also um, I, I wanted to um, share my upsetness with the last meeting when a commissioner was actually, um, you know, uh, uh, making comments about another commission, commissioner, and that was not okay because my community is asking, what is wrong? What is wrong with, um, with this Asian American uh, commissioner? Is she not able to do her job? Why is she being called out? Why is her being single out while this whole board made the decision together? You have the discussion. You approve these resolutions, and you are all equally at fault. Why is she being single out? That was not okay, and we still have not heard any apologies regarding that. So I think that commissioner should say um, should say her apology, not if not in the public. Please say it to her privately because you owe her that. You owe her that. Her community felt disrespected for her, that she's being single out and she's demoted right now because you think she's not able to perform her job. This is not okay. 
we are so used to being disrespected in this city, and we, we, we are here to ask for some respect, some recognition, not not being single out, not being called, Thank you. not being scapegoat. Thank you. Thank you. Hello, Robert. Hi, my name is Robert. I have two kids who attend Harvey Milk Civil Rights Academy. And I'm greatly concerned about the reduction in kindergarten classes. We went from two to one. Um, one thing I'd like to point out, as another parent had also pointed out, the school was remodeled in 2020. So the idea that we would remodel an SFUSD school site and then immediately lower the admissions to eventually close it, I really am requesting the board to investigate why the enrollment and why the reduction at Harvey Milk. Thank you. Thank you. Liv? Hello, um, my name is Tia. I have my daughter's name on my Zoom. First, I just want to thank everyone for sticking around so late. Um, I quickly just wanted to echo what the other Harvey Milk parents have said. I have two children at Harvey Milk, a third grader and kindergartner. We actually had put Harvey Milk as a number four choice when we originally had applied. And I know that the lottery system was different back then, but um, we've been so happy that we are there. Um, we love the community. Um, we really think that imposing a lottery system that is broken currently on our school will affect the staff that we have right now. It's a very deeply connected community, and I know with the loss of our second kindergarten, potential loss of our second first grade class, um, teachers will be forced to um, get pushed out. And um, we really appreciate the staff that we have right now. The teachers are amazing, incredible. And uh, we would just hate to see that happen. And um, thank you for your time. Thank you. Two more speakers on this item. Aubrey. Hi, sorry, I was muted. Um, I'm another Harvey Milk um, parent for, of a second grader and in incoming kinder. And again, I just wanted to comment about how detrimental uh, losing a kindergarten class is um, for the future of our school. And like the last speaker just said, it's such a special community and I've never been happier and the teachers are fabulous and we really need some answers from from you about what the lottery system is and how we can reinstate a kindergarten class. Thank you. Thank you. Yvette. Hi, thank you. Um, I just want to say you guys have heard from so many parents and educators here tonight. Um, everyone's different. Everyone has their own special energy and their own special interests. But they're all here for their children. They're all here for their educators. So what I really, really hope from you guys tonight is that when you hear these people, that everything should just probably be focused on what you're hearing. Everything should have been done earlier. I agree with Ms. Marshall. It should be about 
actual issues that affect people in the classrooms, that affect people that are actually going into the classrooms. So all this other drama, nobody has time for it. Honestly, you represent all parents, whether you like us or not, whether you like them or not, because we have different views and ideas. But guess what? We all have kids in this district and that's your job. We are depending on you to listen to everybody. It doesn't matter if you don't agree, but at the end of the day, listen, Harvey Milk, Buena Vista, Everett, anyone else who shows up to advocate for their families and educators, give them the same respect, always. Uh, thank you very much. And that's all I have to say. Thank you. Our President Bogus, that concludes public comments. That concludes public comment. All right, thank you so much. Now we will hear if there's any public comment from student speakers. Any students in the audience that care to speak? Any students on Zoom that care to speak, please raise your hand at this time. Can that be repeated in Spanish and Chinese, please? Los estudiantes que tengan que quieran hacer un comentario público a través de Zoom, por favor, también levanten la mano. Any items withdrawn? Yeah, uh, so no, I don't have any items to um, pull. Any items uh, removed for first reading by the board? No. We, right, per the new rules, we probably need to change, no, change that language, correct? So if you wanted something pulled, you had to inform well, staff by I, Thursday. I did-ish. I did. I said if I ha if I get a different response, I don't need to. But I didn't get another but response. I, I believe that the rules say that two commissioners have to request that. Am I incorrect? Then I'll second whatever Commissioner Weissman Ward needs to. Yeah. An email about that or notification. So I think that I, would be helpful I, just to clarify. I did send you an email. Oh, you did? Yeah. Okay. I sent with the, the questions, okay. stating that if you would like an item pulled to inform us by 9 a.m. per the, per the rule, rules and procedures okay. the next morning. Well, I mean, it's fine, I'm well, just. While we're sorting this, this out, actually, I, uh, I, uh, it'd be helpful, I think, just for the public and for all of us. So to, to note, because I didn't get a chance to note this at the beginning of the meeting. So we've started our new process. This is our first board meeting with our new process of publishing a draft agenda 12 days in advance. And then we have a time period where board members can submit questions and then staff can respond. And so we learned a lot in this first in this uh, first time, I think, we'll, and we'll debrief some of the, the processes. So. Um, but one of the, the guidelines was that when submitting the um, questions, if knowing ahead of time if something wanted to be pulled, and then also then 
Um, right, and so then what you're saying right now, uh, the, the process is if two members of the board want to pull an item, it would be pulled and then discussed at the next meeting, correct? That's right. It, two board members by 9 a.m. of the day of posting need to notify the board office that they want to pull an item from consent. So that would be the question. Did two board members notify the board office? Of the same item. So I can, and I actually see that there's, I'm looking at the commissioner request for information. There are two individuals, I know it's anonymous, so I won't say of us, because that would include me, but there are two individuals that asked a question about the same item. Um, I responded and said, this doesn't answer my question. If there's more information, I don't want it pulled, but if, but if there is more, basically I need more information to decide whether I want to pull it or not, and then I didn't get any more information. Okay. But there are two of us that asked a very similar question. It's so, item number 49. Okay. Let, um, do we have another? Can we, let me review this for a quick moment. <laughs> give, me, give me a moment. And I'm sorry. Um, Mr. Seal, I didn't, I can't find the email. I don't think I got it, but it's okay. I know, I'm looking now. I, I didn't ask for anything to be pulled. I wasn't, didn't want to ask for anything to be pulled anyway, so it's not a big deal, but I just, I was just confused about the, about the process because I didn't. I don't think I got the email. Well, I think we we're going to be working out the kinks, but we could suspend that rule with five votes and then be able to move forward. So my recommendation is that we have a vote on suspending the rule. We need five votes. Second. Yeah. We could. Do. Right. Then I don't. Which is what not a big deal. I know. So we'll take a moment before we vote on that. Okay. So since this is a new process, we had a question. Uh, why don't we at least just have an exchange on what the what this was? So there was a question around I forty nine, um, around the janitorial services, and uh, and so this is being brought forward. Uh, this is a contract to provide um, for Prop A bond program contracts, right? Yes. Yeah. And so then the question was around whether services are provided are part of an already collectively agreed bargaining agreement, and then why would these be contracted out, right? And right. so I believe the, um, so the, I mean, so the answer, so then you can show what the answer was, is how we contract for one-time focused general serv janitorial services. So for example, all of our custodians have uh, what's called custodial routes. So there, you know, so if you have three custodians at a school, they all, you know, one covers wing A, one covers wing B, one covers wing C. When there's an additional project that's one time or focus, that's when we need additional support because if we pull custodians from the routes, they are not able to then clean, you know, do their routine routes. So I believe that's what this answer is trying to, to explain. There was the, um, you know, some, some um, cleaning that needed to be done particularly to prop A um, bond program. Okay, and I just wanted just confirmation that we are not violating any of our collectively bargained agreements with the relevant union that works on this. I, I just wanted, like, yes, this, the, the, no, this is not part of the contractually agreed upon work. And if the answer is yes, that's right, it's not, I'm good. I highly suspect that's the answer, but since this is the first time I'm hearing the question and I haven't reviewed the contract or talked about it with staff, I'm reluctant to say that. But 
you know, uh, Head Kamlanathan knows our labor agreements well. Um, she is not new to this program. I would be surprised if she was contracting out bargaining unit work. Okay. I, I, just to, to see if the motion on the floor still stands from Commissioner. Not if we're moving on. Yeah, I mean, I, okay, I will take... I will take your word that we assume that this is done in good faith and we are not violating the law. Yeah, it would be great to get confirmation after no. the fact without pulling. We can absolutely follow up. Great. Right. Okay, so I think with that, then we are. Um, there are no items removed for first reading by the board. Uh, and there's no item severed by the board or superintendent for discussion for a vote tonight. Is that correct? No item severed? Okay. Okay, and so with that, we'll call on public comment on this item. Yes, thank you. Um, Brandy Markman. Thank you. And Brandy, I'm a press the button, Brandy. Thank you. Hi, my name is Brandy. I'm a public school parent. I am asking tonight that the board reject um, and consider rejecting the grant from Crankstart Foundation. This is item 52 under section I. Crankstart, as some of you know, is funded by Pro Charter School of Silicon Valley, Valley billionaire Michael Moritz. Um, he has donated, um, made huge donations to KIPP Public Schools in Northern California, um, having given more than $5 million and Crankstart giving $100,000. Um, two excerpts in this are worrisome to me. It's not at all clear um, what sort of information sharing and collaboration refers to in the grant um, for OLM education. We know know that Silicon Valley billionaires like Moritz are very interested in using student data for nefarious purposes. That's very unclear. There's no transparency. Um, secondly, I used to um, do grant proposal writing uh, for San Francisco State University. It is very irregular for a, grant, a grantor to actually specifically say um, that the district should not announce this grant on social media. So um, just really concerned about a lack of transparency um, to a gift for a public institution. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, if you care to speak to any items on the consent calendar, please raise your hand at this time and can that please be repeated in Spanish and Chinese. Buenas noches. Por favor, levante su mano si quiere hacer un comentario público con relación al calendario. Gracias. Si quiere hacer un comentario público con relación al calendario, gracias. Gracias. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yvette? Hi, thank you. Um, yeah, I, I just wanted to kind of comment on this. I think any money that comes in our district right now is probably good money. Um, not always great. We don't know who it comes from. Uh, I do believe that the um, money that we're talking about might be unrestricted or at least from what I read in the original um, notice that you guys gave, it might be unconditional. So I hope that gives some people some ease and just knowing that perhaps it's coming in it can do some good if it is in 
fact, unconditional and unrestricted, so that you guys can do what you need to do to make it beneficial for SFUSD children. Thank you. Thank you. And that concludes public comment on this item, President Bogus. Thank you so much. Uh, folks are on Zoom, we'll ask you to mute yourselves. Uh, I, I think it. with that, we will vote on this item. Sure thing. <clears throat> on the consent calendar, Commissioner Alexander. Yes. Commissioner Fisher. Yes. Commissioner Lamb. Yes. Commissioner Matamidi. Yes. Commissioner Sanchez. Yes. Vice President Wiseman Ward. Yes. President Bogus. Yes. Seven eyes. Okay, uh, now we will go to item J, consent calendar retroactive contracts. Is there a motion and a second on the retroactive contracts from the consent calendar? So moved. Second. Thank you. Any items withdrawn or corrected by the superintendent? No. Any items severed by the board or superintendent for discussion or vote tonight? Seeing none. Uh, is there any public comment on uh, these consent calendar items? Thank you. There are none in person. Um, anyone on Zoom care to speak to the retroactive consent items? Please raise your hand at this time. Can that be repeated in Spanish and Chinese, please? Buenas noches. Por favor, levante su mano. Se desañade un comentario público. Gracias. Thank you. Thank you. Yvette? Yvette, did you care to speak to this item or is your hand up from last time? It's up from last time, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry about that. Uh, uh, no public comment on this item. Okay, and for, uh, vote please. Can I ask a clarifying question here? Please. So I'm not sure the fact that we have public comment in the past that has impacted, I've been in the audience multiple times when public comment has impacted and, and a commissioner has then decided to pull something from the consent calendar, sever it for further discussion. How would our new rules impact the, the public's ability to participate and engage and allow us to do that? Yeah, with the shift to the board policies, what would need to kind of happen now is that that would actually need to happen before public comment um, so that the board would have the ability. And so with the shifting of the board agenda and the availability, I think the goal is that folks will have ability to kind of see that in advance and then be able to reach out to commissioners. Because I think right at this point, it will take two commissioners to kind of pull the item to table it for more information uh, versus it kind of moving forward. Um, and so I think this new process will take us a little while to get through. And also, I think like what you're lifting up, the importance for us to communicate what this process is as we move forward. And maybe I got it wrong, because Danielle's going to add more. No, I'm, a, I'm just going to make a slight amendment to what you said. So. Um, yes, we're publishing ahead of time, and yes, everybody can ask questions ahead of time. Um, if we receive uh, a request to pull it from consent from at least two commissioners by 9 a.m. on the day of posting, then the item gets moved to um, action discussion. If during the meeting a commissioner wants to pull an item, then a majority of the board must vote. and. 
in that case, the only thing that can happen is that it moves to the next meeting. It, it's not, it's no longer able to be um, severed and voted and discussed separately for a separate vote. And the public, if public has questions about an item on consent, is it logged by staff so that the commissioners can see it? So the public doesn't have the ability to ask questions. They have the ability to reach out to all of you, um, but they don't have the ability to ask questions and get responses. Not, not to necessarily get responses, but to be able to have them in one space that, that they're forward, so, so all the board members can see them. So the board members' questions without your names is published on the agenda, um, and the public can see that. I'm talking about the public has a question about a consent calendar item. I'm just questioning the process. Shouldn't it just go to a, a single place so that we can all see it? Because otherwise so, they have to reach out to us. To so if the, the public members. asks a board member a question? They should just ask staff and then we get access to those questions. Right. Dr. Wayne? Yeah, well, isn't there a board, there's a board email already, right, or no? That, so we would just direct people to that board email. Is that clearly labeled on the agenda? It's perhaps we could add yeah, some so instructions yes. to the agenda moving forward for, um, to clarify the community input process? I think maybe that leaves us at a good place. I, I will say that board leadership will take this conversation back to the superintendent and we can kind of iron it out. And if there's any additional concerns that the public has on the process, definitely feel free to reach out to me and we can uh, talk about them and we'll try to address them as we move forward. Uh, I think with that, we are, did we, we finish the vote on the consent calendar? We did not, we were about to vote on the consent calendar. So I will pass it back so that we can uh, engage. Thank you, uh, President Bogus. Um, on the retroactive consent calendar, Commissioner Alexander? Yes. Commissioner Fisher? Yes. Commissioner Lamb? Yes. Commissioner Matamidi? Yes. Commissioner Sanchez? Yes. Commissioner Wiseman Ward? Yes. President Bogus? Yes. Seven eyes. Thank you so much. Um, and with that, we'll move to item L, uh, board member report. Reports. Seeing no reports from board members, uh, from membership organizations or other reports, we will move to adjournment. Uh, and with that, we will adjourn our meeting at 11.14. Boom. I'd like to hit capitals.